internet, welcome back to the Fast Travel Lounge. You're listening to episode 12. My name is Patrick. I am joined by the inspiration for the Gen 1 starter trio, Josh, Steve, and Seth. Say hi, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Charmander. <laughs> damn it. They don't Go- say their own names, they make little 8 bit yeah, noises. Yeah, make the 8 bit noise, Steve. Come on. Fully commit. Sorry, anime is only anime is the only canon for me. Just, just quickly, quickly switch to your dialogue noise. connection. We'll, we'll, we'll put that in the recording instead. Um, be, we're coming up. We got, we got a bit of a bit of a good show. Um, Control will be the deep dive of the day uh, because we feel that a game that came out in 2019 is best discussed in 2022, and we don't have a large uh, current topical thing like direct uh, to absolutely just skew how long we'll be recording for so might be in for a bit of a bit of a shorter one but of course we will see how we go first up though on the back of that fantastic intro josh you're normally very opinionated and wrong so this should be fun uh what of the starting gen one trio would you say seth is um what a risky question that is a risky (laughs) question i i i do not want a persona you're not cute enough to be bulbasaur probably not warm enough to be charmander so it'll have to be squirtle <laughs> sweet squirtle's my favorite yeah i know <laughs> all right seth uh what would steve be and it can't be squirtle you know what um i'm gonna have to say it's bulbasaur mostly because i think josh is the one with all the spicy takes so he's got to have the heat oh i mean and i also have the charmander tattoo i've also oh, heard that throwing rocks at him is super effective oh Sometimes. It's how I deal with its opinions. It's <laughs> <laughs> how so everyone deals with my opinions. <laughs> no, cool. Uh, yeah, that that's actually weirdly lines up with kind of where I thought uh, people would go. So guess that wasn't as spicy a take as I was thinking. We have to we have to vote on what Patrick is out of the three now, though. Eevee. I reckon he'd be a Chikorita. Wait, no, he's Pikachu. You're Pokemon Yellow. Which of you said Chikorita? <laughs> <laughs> It was me all along. Chikorita it is. I don't know if I'm more upset because it was Chikorita or because it wasn't a Gen 1 starter. (laughs) (laughs) Probably the Chikorita, to be honest. It's the worst starter. It is. It is by far the worst starter. It's cute, but it's useless. That is is how most of my parent-teacher conferences went, yes. (laughs) (laughs) If your teacher's calling you cute, I think you got other problems. Did you go to to a Catholic school by chance? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway... Like uh, before we get to know. before we get to around the lounge, we we heard rumors through the grapevine that this podcast is now basically anti-sponsored by Samsung because we have yet another flip phone that has decided to shit the bed. Seth, what happened? Tell us about it. Uh, I got basically the same problem that Steve does, where um, so my phone made a little bit of cracking noise when I opened it up earlier, and now there's this uh this line going across where the fold is, and I'm gonna have to go to Samsung HQ and get it sorted out. You're gonna go see Mr. Samsung himself. I will slap him with my phone if it's if that's what it takes <laughs> I'm to glad fix you it. Said phone. <laughs> You'll probably break it though. <laughs> It'll be his problem then. It's user damage, you fella. Um, there is probably one thing worth pointing out is that uh Stevens was uh the Gen two version of the flip, and Seth's the brand new Gen three one that's not supposed to have these problems. So yeah yeah the gen 3 ones are supposed to be much better about this so very concerning that it's uh, happened after five months yeah it's fucking not long at all like when it gets to um gen 5 it'll be exactly like pokemon and it'll be perfect it <laughs> exactly gen gen 5 <laughs> so good yeah right that that um, was an excellent web nice <laughs> no I, I gotta i gotta give props to that um steve when you were getting your phone fixed did you get one of those like um 
frequent uh frequently visiting coffee cards type deal because you could probably give it to seth uh you know after all the shit that you went through and then <laughs> seth's going to be probably probably quite cheap yeah yeah your fifth one's free right like yeah that's yeah. that's i'm assuming that's the case i'll say well i'm that, on a first name basis because became donut right yeah yeah i'm well, on a first name basis with everyone in the samsung store it's like oh back again steve i'm like yeah cool how you doing how's the kids so yeah i'll hook you up i know a guy don't worry I, I my my uncle works at Samsung. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he says that the number four is going to be the best one. I don't trust people that think that Gen Four is the best. That's it. You've just angered <laughs> so many people. I've I, I've heard I've heard the phone the phone gets real cute when they do the remake though. And then they do the weird spin-offs and it's in like an open world type of environment. But they just, there's no okay. polish. It's just a rock. For the for the I think that's <laughs> I think that's just the fold. For the for the you sake for the sake of, of the bit, Steve, you need to explain what an open world phone would be. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> isn't that the metaverse? It's like the metaverse, isn't it? 6G. Do you know how you have fungible tokens, right? There are these things called NFTs, and those tokens are non-fungible. I'm I'm going to bail out Steve, and I think that the uh the Samsung folds are gonna be the open world phones in this in this uh comparison nah the yeah, open world phones will be like that google glass concept where they have oh, like, yeah, the vr yeah. display that um that's still going around it's just it's all corporate use and not public use oh. yeah but one day it'll be there you mean the ones that give people free face tattoos when the battery overheats <laughs> cyberpunk 2077 it was like it's like the note 7 or something that was exploding yeah you weren't allowed to take it on yeah. like planes or anything that's right yeah, yeah. that's right more more deadly than uh, than three ounces of water in a in a clear plastic bottle. Am I right, um, Josh? You have a Samsung f- uh, Fold, not a Flip, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've Any issues with yours? Not yet. It's got a big line, <laughs> but uh, give it a week. Yeah. So um, I, I guess uh, how how scared are you that it's now that it's now two out of three? Honestly, I'm not I'm not too worried because they were both flips. Um, the Fold is has a completely different hinge from what I know. It's quite longer. I mean, obviously, it's longer. It's about twice the length. Um, so you're saying you're better I than them? Yeah. No, I so mean, being longer is better. In many words. But... So it's, it's, a lo- it's, a, it's a length that actually does count. So size does matter in this instance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I'm, I'm not too worried. I um, uh, the, the fold, I think you're always, you also have to be a lot more gentle opening and closing because it's a lot harder to open and close and you're not like as likely to sort of snap it shut. Um, so I think that probably but might the snap make is what makes it so satisfying like it is e- even even with this issue i think the phone was all worth it for that one time i tested it out and just snapped the phone shut on your phone call yeah i didn't even know you have my number and stop calling so, me <laughs> so so seth you, you you got a flip and you're like what's the first thing i should do with this you rang josh josh just gets like unknown number calling goes hello who's this then you snap it shut no he has uh he has my number saved we had a back and forth because i kept forgetting to save his phone number yeah, and so I was, I was like, okay, this is going to be my chance to save his number into my phone because I'm going to ring him up and then save it later. Mind you, this is ten years down the track of you should just save my number. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I've had your number before, but when I switched phones a while ago, I lost it. Yeah, fair. But yeah, he snapped the phone chat on me and hung up, and I was just like, that bitch. <laughs> yeah, we were having like though. a, we were having like a small like conversation because it's like, oh, you got your folds. I, I just got my flip in. Uh, blah blah blah. And it's like, I wonder if um, I wonder if just closing the phone is gonna hang up. And he's like, I don't know. And then I just sn- snapped it without saying anything. And <laughs> I was, I was like, like oh. <laughs> <laughs> he, he sent me a text message going, "Yep, it works." <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so to retaliate, uh, Josh th- then rang you out of the blue on on a fold and then you guys were having a back and forth and then josh went to fold his phone to to hang up and then went oh it's nowhere near as satisfying uh, it doesn't work that way it doesn't hang up the phone on the fold sadly when you fold it close 
the hell's the point? Yeah, uh, it's, it's a shame. I don't know why it doesn't do that. It just swaps to the phone thin mode, which makes sense because if you answer a phone call while it's in the folded mode, you'd look like a dickhead and it'd be really hard to hold. So closing <laughs> the phone and... Uh, oh, yes, I would like to answer phones, uh, phone calls on my dinner plate. Yeah, basically. Um, so, yeah, no, nah, it doesn't, doesn't really work that way. Um, but no, to get revenge, I just had a, a phone that worked. Fair enough. Uh, so to <laughs> anyone out there listening, if you have a Samsung Flip, be scared. And to Samsung, if you want to prove that your phones don't just, you know, get terrible wear and tear after five months, send us some flips. We'll test them out. Anyway, <laughs> moving on to Round the Lounge. Uh, shall we start with Steve? What have you been up to this week, bud? Um, I, because Control was leaving Game Pass on the 15th, uh, which is yesterday, I did uh, played a lot of that just to sort of get that over the line. Uh, so that's pretty much it. And I have some very intriguing thoughts to share with everybody. Oh, boy. Uh, Seth, what about you? Uh, so the majority of my last week was uh, editing that last podcast, but um, I also got my COVID uh, booster yesterday, and I've been ha- feeling like hammered shit all day. So the only thing I'm going to talk about is this little bit of Guardians of the Galaxy I played uh, uh, last night and before recording. Fair enough. And Josh, um, I because I don't have a sense of individuality, uh, also picked up Control and was like, wow, I hear this is great for the sheeple. Um, and I finished it within like uh, two days, I think it was. Um, yeah, and I, I really loved it. So I'm, I'm pretty keen to talk about that. Uh, but not much else. Played probably an hour more Lost Ark and that's about it. Oh, did you catch a Demon Slayer finale? Uh, fin- was that the finale? Yeah. I did. I did catch the finale then. I thought oh. there was going to be one more episode. That... That that upsets me if that's the finale. Yeah, um, we don't talk about banned material on this podcast, guys. Uh, you'll have to move that to offline chat. So anyway, the spoilers for um, uh, what's oh god, what's the anime called now? Demon Slayer. We were watching it, Pat. Not Demon Slayer. I Titan don't watch banned. I don't watch banned material, Josh. I don't know what <laughs> you're talking it. about. Oh, how have I forgotten the name of it? it doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, uh, was, it, as... was it Boku no Pico? No, it's Attack on Titan. I right, was you can forgetting shut your it. Mouth, I was mixing it with the Japanese one. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Um, yeah. Okay, let's continue. Continue, we shall. So as you can hear, we have uh, two people both having played Control, which is why it is the deep dive for this week. So before we get to that deep dive, shall we start with the little bit of Lost Ark that you've been playing, Josh? Yeah, I mean, I don't really have too much to say other than to expand a little bit more on sort of what I was talking about last week. Um, a lot more people have played it now um it there's just a few things i sort of want to mention about it obviously like i said it was like a, a diablo sort of top down uh for lack of a better term like flat 2d kind of mmo um the dungeons you can do either with a party or by yourself um and the loot system i felt like after listening back to that podcast is sort of better more explained as like almost like a borderlands mechanic where as you sort of level up your item level you're you're dropping better gear as you progress um and there's a, a max item level, I, th- I don't know exactly what it is right now, um, I know it's at least a thousand, um, and some people are already sort of capping out, um, I still, because I haven't had much time to play it since it released, I'm still about halfway to, to max level, but no, I think now that it's actually free to play, I think everyone should download it, give it a go, to the point where it, um, it's, it was, it broke records beating Dota 2 and uh, Counter-Strike of the most concurrently played game on Steam, so, I mean, that's that's a pretty decent record to break. It was over a million. Um, I'm not sure what number it was, but yeah, decently high. 
Have any of you guys given it a go? No, isn't this the... It, this is published by Amazon or something, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's their, like, almost redemption arc for the, the flop that was um, New I World. believe this was a Korean MMO before Amazon localized it, though. It was, yeah. Um, so Be- because I've, I've seen some articles around about people being a little disappointed that some contents didn't make it through because it got shelved yeah version a while ago so strangely enough um yeah that that content did get shelved and the content they're talking about is levels one through ten uh you have a max level of 60 so you go up uh 50 levels and you start at level 10 um the first 10 levels were supposed to be sort of like a hey here's how to play your your character slash class and then you choose like a specialization they've now completely shelved that and in the the very brief tutorial that you do that takes like a minute uh, you can now trial a specialization and then choose that and then be level 10 out of the bat. Um, so, yeah, you kind of just miss the first 10, 10 levels of content. But from what I've actually heard of people that have played the content, it's not good anyway. So it's a good thing that they've shelved it. It's a bit weird to start at level 10, though. Seth, it sounded like you were of the opposite opinion. Oh, it's not really that I was of the opposite opinion. It's just something that I saw uh, about the game and what was set, like, just a just a quick topic we could brought up but while we're talking about Lost Ark now. Oh, I see. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it is um a bit odd and kind of strange. And uh, I know you're not a fan of the sunsetting of content and destiny and stuff like that. But in an MMO, I don't know. I've always been a fan of it. Like if it's not enjoyable and it's not actually you know giving anything to the game, why make your players go through it? So no, I'm I'm glad it's not there. I'd rather just be able to create the characters I want, trial them, and then go. Oh, I don't actually like this, and just remake my character rather than having to do the 1 to 10 grind like 20 times. That was that was another thing I saw that people were a little disappointed with was um, classes being gender-locked and such, and people think that's kind of outdated and uh, it is a just... bit, but they're, they're not permanently gender-locked from what I know. Um, I think they've said that they're actually going to you know add the rest of the classes in for the other genders. It just doesn't exist currently yet. Okay, as long as they get added in later, that's fine, but... Yeah, uh, at the moment, that was another thing that I had seen crop up that people weren't too happy with. But yeah. all my experience with Lost Ark at the moment is just seeing people in the grapevine talk about things that they don't like about the game at the moment. Oh, really? I've heard nothing but the opposite. I just uh, Everyone's really enjoying it from what I can tell. And uh, I mean, my impression of it for the most part is like, yeah, this game's really fun. The combat's engaging. The dungeons start really slow. Uh, well, they start to be... They, they're very quick. Uh, and they're very simple, but then they get more elaborate, so they, they have a slow wind-up, uh, to the point where the last one I beat, you had to, like, release this, like, waterfall of water onto this giant demon that you fight multiple times, it's like, as you're climbing up this giant tower, and I was like, okay, that's sick, um, you know, it was really, really good, and uh, the game sort of is only progressing each dungeon I do, and each sort of, um, as the, I guess the mechanics get a little bit more engaging, um, the story is kind of a write-off in my opinion. I don't really care for it. <laughs> Most of my friends have gone just skipping the cutscenes. I've watched them, but I'm it's you know it's an MMO story. They're never particularly great. But um, yeah, no. Unless you're Final really... Fantasy fourteen, baby. Even then, <laughs> a Realm Reborn was so. Oh. And then I'm sorry we're going to get through a podcast without mentioning Final Fantasy fourteen. Uh, no. If you're playing along at home, feel free to mark that off your bingo card. <laughs> in your no, bo- well, you can buy a new world as well. Pretty, so that's yeah. probably. Oh, sorry, you you can buy Lost Ark. Oh, I said New World. So I play that's a 
tick in the positive direction. But if it's breaking all these records for most concurrent players, are there any server issues? Because uh, there have been and there haven't been. So obviously, <laughs> us being based in Oceania region, we don't have Oceania servers, which means that the majority of players are playing in US West. Um, Unlike when... Final Fantasy fourteen, baby, as of like a month ago. Yeah, as of like Can't a month ago, it, but yeah. Um, not that you're playing on the Oceania. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, but yeah, they, uh, they there's because there's never any Oceania servers. Why would there be? Um, but yeah, the the start of the the game, even like when even when it wasn't free to play yet, for the first like three days of um, it being like pay to play, I guess you know you you paid for the premium pass thing before it released, and you got to play three days early. Uh, there was significant lag issues when the US and Australian people overlapped. Um, so the servers were just really like you'd spike up to about three K ping. Um, oh Jesus! I don't know. It was, it was pretty bad. Like, I think the highest I saw it go was about eight or nine K, um, which is pretty horrible. Um, but they sort of smoothed all those issues out. And then I know there was queue times for the Americans, but the big thing for Australians is that um, because at this point there's no oceana servers and the downtime for for america is in australia's peak time as we finish work at like six uh the servers go down for maintenance every single day <laughs> so people are getting a little bit pissed off but um yeah it's a free game this you know you can either take it or leave it eventually they'll add oceana servers maybe otherwise yeah whatever they they won't do you see yourself but, continuing to play it uh, if I when I have the time, not not if I have the time. Yeah, I I definitely want to continue it and at least uh, sort of finish. I guess the main grind because everything I've heard about the game so far is like, yeah, you know, the main game's fun, the combat's engaging and everything, but the real game sort of starts at level fifty, and the last ten levels are sort of you learning to use the end game mechanics, and then there's like the end game sort of like raids and stuff like that, which I think sound really cool. So I'm keen to give those a go. One of the. Uh game finally uh tutorial finally finishes when you're about to hit end game yeah pretty much <laughs> love it uh so any updates on what you give it out of 10 or still i think you gave it like a seven last uh, week? i think i gave it a seven yeah it was either a seven or an eight i would i'd, I'd stick it's, it's still the same yeah um yeah i haven't got to the end game content yet and that that makes or breaks an mmo so at the moment it's like you know it's good but it's not yeah, I wouldn't say it's like a WoW killer or anything like people are saying. Um, really depends on what that end content's going to be like and just how much they can shove into it. Because when you look at New World, they had a very similar launch pattern with the, their, that Amazon game. Everyone played it. Everyone was like, okay, cool. I'm at the end. Where's the content? And Amazon was like, what content? And then it just died in a day. <laughs> so as long as this doesn't have that same problem, it, it has a lot of potential. Sweet. Thank you, Josh, for that. Uh, the... Other one that is non-control on the docket. Seth, do you want to tell us about how Guardians of the Galaxy is going? Uh, yeah, Guardians is going pretty well. Um, I can, I'm can, i about six chapters in, and I can already see why it was getting yeah, nominated for like best writing and everything. But um, I also want to take a quick moment to say that last week we got a question about set, um, best use of licensed music in games, and I want to change my answer to be Guardians of the Galaxy. It is phenomenal what they do in this game. Um, so everyone's familiar with like action game, like power up states, right? Like in God of War, you have the rage of the gods and everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in guardians of the galaxy, the more you use your teammates, the more you build up your, uh, overpowered mode trigger. And when you activate it, 
uh, you got to motivate the team, and then after you've d finished motivating them, it just starts uh, playing the uh, licensed 80s music, and it's phenomenal every time it happens. Are they good 80s music songs? Well, actually, there's not many bad ones. But... <laughs> the the, the, the barrel-scraping <laughs> 80s music. <laughs> I mean, what, you can never go wrong when you hype everyone up and it starts playing You're Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley. <laughs> there are many things that I could take offense to in that sentence, but is it, I think uh, Rick Astley's one of them. Is, is that a joke? Like, is that song actually in it? The, the song is actually in the game, yes. And it can be one of the motivational musics that play. Can you give us the other uh, hit roulettes? Uh, there's the final countdown. There's bad reputation. Oh. There's a Kiss song that I don't remember the title. Is it the Taylor moment. Swift version of Bad Reputation? No, no, it's the eighties version. Oh, so version. it's a bad version. Then. Don't, no. don't, don't even engage that. Be better. Come on. <laughs> I, I can pull up a couple of the songs that are in there. Well, are we gonna edit it in? <laughs> they, they've also had to be uh, a little smart set, um, about the uh, about the game soundtrack because people are worried about streaming the game. So what they've done is um they've also put it in a streamer mode that just removes all the licensed music and they replace it with um their own fake metal band called Star Lord. And <laughs> it's pretty fantastic that they've done that. And That's really the songs cool. that they have for Star Lord are actually fantastic as well. They're all great. That's such a good way of doing it actually. Just have it like a stream mode like that. Control actually has that feature, but as far as I know it just removes the music. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it does. It's Yeah. I didn't play it on that because I'm why would streamer. you like uh but yeah as far as I know it just removes it which is quite sad okay so here's some here's some good ones there's Iron Maiden where Eagles Dare there's Blue Oyster Colts Don't Fear the Reaper Bobby McFerrin Don't Worry Be Happy <laughs> and a bunch of the other songs I mentioned earlier I won't go through the entire list because it's a pretty big list but yeah it's a it's a pretty good track list sweet and yeah I'm I'm about six chapters into the game now. I've just hit the oh shit, everything's serious moment in the storyline that always happens in the comic-y storylines. So I'll probably give more of an opinion on the game once I've actually finished it. Yeah, fair enough. That that was, yeah, you took the question right out of my mouth. Is how, how far in are you? Because this is a game that is strictly single player, right? Yes, yes, it's strictly single player. And I think they did a very good thing making it strictly single player in this. And you're also only playing Star-Lord. Yeah, you only play as Star-Lord and you give commands to the rest of the team and you just kind of play like the role of the leader and the tactician for the uh, battles that happen. So it's Mass Effect with 80s music? Yeah, basically. Sick. I oh, can't wait to hear more about it. Uh, any final closing thoughts on that? You want to give it a score out of 10 or you just want to do more on it next week? I'll do more on it next week when I finish the game. It's I feel like it's still a bit early to give a rating, but it's it's seeming pretty positive at the moment. Very good. We will have to wait and see and look forward to that. So, on to the deep dive for this week. Control. Uh, I'm trying to think of the best way to do this. I have some questions that are more kind of discussion starters. We'll probably leave those to the end. Alright, we're gonna bleep that we're exact gonna have to, same joke. Yeah, we're gonna have to bleep him <laughs> twice. It's twice in two weeks. Twice in two weeks. So Ugh, we, we have my agent's Josh gonna hear about this. <laughs> um, and then we now we'll have the Steve bleep. Right, who <laughs> wants bleeper. to start with control? Uh, yeah. So I I'm wondering if we don't. So both of you finished it, right? Yeah, I finished it yesterday morning. Sweet. Well, in that case, it'll probably just be a uh, kind of just do a, a both sort of discussion. So. Uh, where was it that you guys got to last week? You were playing through it. Josh, I think you got to the maintenance section. Uh, Steve, I don't remember where you got to last week. I think oh, I was... Hang on, no, you, he did, was further you... than me. Um, I wasn't... I was basically just sort of wrapping up, I guess, the tutorial. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd just gotten the, the telekinesis power. And I think oh, I had cool. just gotten Levitate. 
Um, wow, so really? You were so far through. Okay. Um, I don't really think it's not that far. Uh, or maybe okay. So, well, so let's just get into it. So let's just say you're around halfway mark then. Yeah, the halfway mark, and that's what I thought I was. It's just sort of weird. Like some of the pacing in the later chapters sort of changes, and it definitely yeah, it depends does. on how many side quests and those fucking radiant question how fucking lost you get um so yeah so as we said last week it's a sort of metroidvania type of third person shooter and you've got telekinetic powers um i'm not sure if it's the xbox version or it just didn't like me but i was having so much trouble like getting the map to load um i thought it was a problem with like the quick resume feature so i'd sort of close it re-get into it and then it would sort of be fine but it sort of stopped working about halfway through like between all the maps um so I got like really frustrating, especially when I had to go, go to a new area uh, or go to an area that wasn't connected to a fast travel point. So I just kept getting lost and I kept getting frustrated to the point where like I'd sort of just leave the map up and it would just sort of be like a blank screen saying, oh, you're here and all this is all the other rooms, but there was no like floor layout. Um, so I couldn't mm. find any corridors or anything. So I just got the shits and just sort of would leave it up until it would load. And sometimes it would come in after a minute. Sometimes it would come up after five minutes. So it's... Wow, okay. pretty yeah, frustrating. That didn't happen. That's me. yeah, that would be detrimental to my gaming experience. Yeah, 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 and because I kept going like back and forth, like I and I could never really pick when it was going to happen. Sometimes it would be fine for a whole like play session, and then I'd jump in, and it would work at the start, and then it would work at the end, or I'd like fast travel, and then it would break there, and then I'd have to wait again. And I was just so oh, it was very frustrating. So uh, is this the power of the Xbox Master Race? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he's saying what we're all thinking. <laughs> Yes. Um, no, I, I, funny enough, I played the, I, I played the PC one through the Xbox app, obviously, because it was on Game Pass, um, despite actually do having it on Epic, I just haven't played anything through there. Um, and I think you played it on Epic, right, Patrick? Yes, I did. Yeah. So I didn't have any problems. Did you have any problems with the map? Nope. Yeah. Okay. So uh, just may, maybe just well, an Xbox thing, maybe just a uh, Series X thing. I, I should recant that. I didn't have any problems opening and closing the map. I had problems, I had problems with, with just the, the ingrained pattern of I should close map with, I was playing with a PlayStation controller with Circle, which would make me dash and oftentimes near a cliff. Oh, <laughs> oh like really? Yeah, because you still move with uh, map open. So it, it's just not a pattern to me to press the same button to open and close the map. I'm used to pressing, say, select to pop the map open and then circle to back out of the menu. Uh, see, I played it with keyboard and mouse. So I think it was just tab for me or M. Um, so I just had to hit that button. Yeah, and on the Xbox controller, it's up on the D-pad. Yeah, well, that's what I say is that it's up on the D-pad on the PlayStation controller as well. But as, as a, like, it's just it's just not a pattern that my hands are used to just pressing the same button to open and close the map. So I kept pressing circle to oh, close okay, the map. Oh, sorry, sorry. Just, yeah, so yeah, yeah. And then I, I thought you were saying it was Patrick to the like a you problem, no, not no, no, so no, much no. of a game problem. <laughs> no, it's 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 definitely just a just a learned pattern problem. But yeah, so number of times I had to uh, very quickly <laughs> levitate and dash back yeah. away from certain death. Uh, but cool. So uh, there were, I think, two areas. Uh, the question for you, Josh: two areas that you saw, maybe three, if you were in the maintenance uh, sector from the last one. Um, uh, first of all, technically three. Yeah. Yeah. So first of all, did did it actually feel like you finished the tutorial when? Because we all sort of told you uh, uh, last week that the game would open up after a certain point. Did you hit that point, and was that point obvious to you? Um. Yeah, look, after you like basically take away that lockdown, um, everything starts to open up. It wasn't so much of a hard cutoff as what I was sort of imagining, because while you can go everywhere, you don't necessarily have, like, being a Metrovania kind of experience, you don't necessarily have the ability to go any everywhere that you, need, you that opens up. So while the game opened up and it was less tutorially, it was still fairly linear within the, um, I guess, the overarching story and plot, if that makes sense. 
um, like you could still only do so many things um, but the, the game itself definitely sort of introduced you to a whole bunch of things like the weapon mods and the skill systems and everything that that all sort of got introduced within those sections um, just sort of stage one at a time after you reach sorry well once you do the maintenance section that's kind of the end of anything unless you're getting a straight up new power so it was like the end of the tutorial but not the opening up i thought it was going to be fair enough uh speaking of the uh story and progression steve uh how did you find it playing playing through like you know now that you've finished the game what what, what are your thoughts on the story and and how you went through it yeah so i do believe that like the world it builds is really good like the collectibles and sort of the environmental cues are fantastic like it, uh, it does sort of feel like they took a lot of time and care into it the story gets a bit confusing. I feel like there's a butt coming. Yeah, there is the butt. The butt is that it, if well, the first butt is if you sort of ignore all the ignore all the collectibles and stuff, and sort of don't pay attention to those environmental cues, you you'll miss so much of that like rich, passive storytelling. Uh, but and sort of on you then to sort of be able to find the collectibles are like pretty easy to find like you'll be going down like a side room and there'll be like a big sort of white dot over it and you know you got to do it and you just got to pick it up and read it and it's just a page you got to read yeah so if you miss that that's unfortunate on you type of thing sort of keep your eyes out type of thing but if you're missing it you're not really engaging with it anyway yeah like they're they're very very obvious um so it would be pretty hard to miss like some of them are like oh you have to sort of go round about this way or whatever um or go explore the bathrooms for the collectibles because there's there seem to be a lot of them in bathrooms um it's but true actually the, i mean the most that's part, where i that's where i tend to leave a lot of my collectibles yeah, yeah. I, I do a big tape recording of myself and then i just leave it on the toilet seat it's, where else am i gonna leave it <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, like the the ones that I felt were even vaguely important were all in like you know pretty much like hallways that you had to go through kind of thing. So yeah, I, I, I yeah, think there was it, a lot of risk of missing them. Yeah, for the key stuff, I never felt like you're going out of your way. The extra stuff, it was like it was slightly out of the way. It was like a you had to take like ten a, oh, steps to your left. Take, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's not like as if you have to go down a corridor for like four years. To Something get like a tape recording, yeah, like yeah. To get a tape a recording tower. for three minutes, yeah. It wasn't. It was <laughs> yeah. nothing like that. Uh, but the overall story, I thought, was a bit. It was weak at the start, and then it got really good in the middle, and it sort of ended really weakly. It, did, it just sort of felt like. So the the basic premise is you're going into this. Well, as you said last week, it's like you're going to the Federal Bureau of Controls headquarters, which is this oldest house, which is this weird. Um. Uh, object the alternate is the house an object of power or yes, is it like it is. Place of power. okay yeah. or is it like an altered world event i can never really distinguish between the two it's a no so the altered world event was like usually an object of power or a place of power sort of existing and then causing change whereas the place of power is just the place um it just just kind of is there ah, okay. world events more of the the scenario that ensues yeah yep. okay yeah that, yeah exactly as josh said okay i think yeah i think i sort of tried and like i think it was sort of like a bit of they get too far in their own technical wording and stuff it's sort of if you miss so it's one thing one or two explanations you probably missed it that's probably what happened with that um but yeah so you're going in the oldest house and you're trying to find your brother because he's been held um at the federal bureau of control and as you're there you find out that they this sort of weird paranormal force called the hiss is sort of infiltrating and it's sort of taking over people and there's sort of all this death and destruction and you have to sort of go 
and sort of solve it because you've become the new director because the director has died. We find out later that he was possessed by the hiss that was caused by your brother. And then you become the director and you're sort of all figuring all this out because his gun is an object of power and it sort of picks you and whoever the gun picks becomes the new director. And it was sort of weird how like you become the director and then everyone's like, oh, you're the new director. Okay, here's all you need to know. Like there was no real, oh, I didn't know you were the director, Ron. I'm not telling you, you're the new type of thing. <laughs> meanwhile, just... meanwhile, Steve working at the Federal Bureau of Control, director comes in like, hey, can I see some ID, please? <laughs> yeah, like there's it, like none of that. Like it was just fucking weird. And everyone's like, oh yeah, you'll need access to get into this side of the building. Here's my card key type of thing. <laughs> Here's my social security number. <laughs> it's essentially sort of, it's... I've I just found a kind of agree with you on that, right? But um, there's, there reaches a point in the story where and I, I think you had to as part of the main quest, but if not, then it was a side quest where you go and explore um, basically what happens. You no, know, it's definitely part of the main quest. We go and explore what happens to all of the, the potential next director candidates um, and you find the room that's all about you. Um, yes. So, yeah, people always expected one of you guys to come become the director so you know in their mind they already know pretty much everything about you and they were they, they'd already accepted the possibility that you were going to become the director so i don't really mind the fact that they were kind of like oh you're the director oh yeah cool no problem you've got the the objective power that chooses the next director uh we know all about you you know we know your potential so but it, but, it kind but, of thing. yeah and you find that out later but yeah jesse never sort of questions it she's like oh i'm the director yeah, cool. All right. It, she, I mean, she spends like the first half of the game yeah. being like, "Oh, I, I don't think I'm the director," kind of thing. That's not um, even the first half; it's just like the first couple of hours, and then she's sort of just like, "All right, well, they need me to be the director. I need to find my brother. Let's sort of let's just get it done, type of thing." Yeah, I guess. I, I don't know. I thought it fit together quite nicely. What are your thoughts, Pat? Uh, it has been a while since I've touched the story, so I'm remembering it more as she was always kind of grappling with being the director, but I do kind of see where Steve's coming from, where it's just sort of like, I feel like she does sort of hit a point, don't remember where, where she just kind of accepts it. And then everything past that point is, I might not like it, but this is the reality. And there's no, not really any point fighting back. Yeah. And if, I, if I'm being honest, if I suddenly got, you know, telekinetic, uh, yeah, like psychokinetic abilities and a gun that could shapeshift, I'd probably be like, I guess I'm the director now because I'd rather you know, be able to throw shit with my mind than not. It's also kind of like the lowest of your priorities at that point. <laughs> like, oh, we're all about to die. I can suddenly fly. I can throw things with my mind. I can yeah. like you know, pick up. <laughs> if I'm going to die, I'm going to have fun doing it. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just, it's such a low priority. <laughs> um, But no, I thought it was, um, I, I agree that the story started out really weak, like unbelievably so. Um, And then it got really, really, really good. Uh, peaked about sort of three quarters of the way through and then the ends um i i'm gonna say that it wasn't the best possible ending i mean there's a part where you get credits and i was like oh i, I jumped into discord it's like oh i finished the game patrick and he's like no you haven't yeah um, yeah because <laughs> i was like oh so, fuck like doesn't gentlemen we got him yeah i was like oh shit but then you sort of do a little bit more of the game and then it felt like to me that the way that the story wrapped itself up which really kind of killed it for me is rather than actually having a conclusive ending it feels like they deliberately left it open so that you could play as the director or so that you could do dlc or something later like 
rather than actually wrapping up the story conclusively it just felt very open-ended and like oh so that happened um anyway and then it just kind of continued like that th there was nothing else to do and music was playing all around you for like 20 minutes and it felt like there was going to be something else but it there wasn't it was like go do the side quests or go buy the dlc which now exists but at the time didn't so it was just it just feels very open-ended and I, I just i wasn't a fan of it. it just felt like it got in its own way so i'm curious to to know where you thought it did peak then so just describe loosely i mean i don't think we're too mindful of spoilers here i understand that surf wants to play it eventually though i i haven't been paying attention at all you guys go ahead <laughs> perfect we will continue uh so where is it that it peaked like what what was it about three quarters of the way through that you thought man this is so good and then it sort of let itself go after that so um once you sort of like once your brother hands himself in and you go and they start sort of like exploring the possibility of him working with the hiss and everything and actually building like a developing storyline the game really sort of comes into its own especially once you have the levitate powers and everything the combat just gets like so tight and so well done that the game just feels amazing um and all of that comes together extremely well uh in a in a maze scene and i think um I sort of said this to Steven and everything before, but um, like it, it just really wraps all of the the power, the combat, the the weird power of um the actual place of power itself. What is it called? The oldest house. Um, you run through a maze and it shape shifts around you and new platforms pop up and it'll change the direction so that you're jumping up a wall that was like previously floor and they do an amazing job with it and it's all synchronized to a metal track which at the time when they started playing it was completely at odds to all the other type of music that was yeah in yeah and, that was um, fantastic that made it was incredible um and i can't remember what the band is off the top of my head but they did a lot of, of Wake music as well yeah old, old gods of asgard was it yeah um so that that song is actually called take control um and yeah it's like a seven minute song and if you took too long in part of a maze because i deliberately sort of ran around for a minute to test it uh they will kind of just loop that part of the song until you get to the next section and it oh, works extremely well so interesting as you go through the maze like you sort of like play through the parts of the song where they wanted you to to listen to them and it just worked so well the song itself is like fairly repetitive and goes for like seven minutes but it it just there are varied sections within job. that though there is yeah it's a, it's an excellent song i would listen to it on its own um but yeah no they they did such a good job like if that if that whole section was the entire game the game would still be worth the asking price it was that good <laughs> Yeah, Old Gods of Asgard also did a few songs from Alan Wake that I quite like, which is how I know the band. Um, Steve, sounds like you're in agreement with the maze section. Uh, what were your thoughts on the ending? Was it also a bit of a bit of a letdown? Uh, Not really. It got a bit confusing um, with the whole. Uh, so heavy spoilers for the ending. I'm gonna explain my biggest gripe with it, just so I can sort of talk through it and see if I missed if my interpretation of it was different, because it gets semi-abstract, I think. And I'm not sure if that's intentional or it was just sort of the nature of the game being, like, not confusing, but it always feels like you're a little bit further behind what the world is just simply because you don't exist in that world. Yeah. So essentially what happens is you've got this voice in your head, Polaris, which is a paranormal entity that you and your brother found uh, a million years ago or when you were kids um, in the town of Ordinary, which is quite funny. Um, so essentially <laughs> like, your brother... Oh, oh, yeah, that is crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. Wait, and you only just realizing that? Surely not. No. Oh, thank God. 
it's a bit um so then but then the brother is taken from the bureau of control because polaris has sort of touched him in some sort of way and it's sort of left up to interpretation whether he can still talk to polaris or if he's got powers or anything or if those powers are uh, come well, from the he, he definitely can still talk to polaris because he he says when you meet him for the the hiss um that you know he just wanted polaris out of his head and the hiss did that so he loves them for it um oh, so he can definitely still, yeah no yeah. Uh, oh, he can definitely still talk to polaris but he, he hated polaris so does it explain why though or is it just sort um, of like a, it was always kind a sort of like like talk well, okay, talk talk we'll like this way thing. right if you were a kid and you uncovered an alien entity and your sister ran away and then you got captured and then placed in a box um, for basically your entire life. And all you have was this voice in its head that you blame because, you know, it all happens because you got introduced to her. Would, would you like her? Like, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't blame the guy. Yeah. But so, and, and then it goes on. I think it was like one or two collectibles as you, just after you find your brother. And it sort of, it turns out that, yeah, as you said before, the, like the federal bureau of control has sort of been like following you around and knows all your therapy sessions and all that and then it's like oh yeah like the control group is working really well so it's they've got the control group which is the brother that's been taken and you've got like the jesse that was sort of just left free uh that would be the other way around there oh, boss. fuck um my scientist knowledge is not very good. I don't do control testing. Um, but but that, well, then no, it's the same premise though. It's the same premise. Yeah, like, you're, you're yeah. right. It's swapped, but you're right. Um, yeah, you know, and it one makes was sense. The control group. One was the active intervention group. Yeah. Which comes exactly like the name of the game is control. You were the control group. You've got control over these powers. It's a federal bureau of control. It's just oh man, we got to do a lot of bleeping. <laughs> well, no, it, it, it's just the actual theme of the game now like it yeah. always comes yeah, down yeah, to it is. Yeah, no, yeah. You're, you're right you're entirely right yeah but it, it just sort of towards the end of that it sort of just gets a bit weird and jesse sort of gets taken over by the hiss and then she sort of fights against it and then there's this thing called hadron and then hadron turns out is polaris but it's just what the old director called polaris it, it, it just got a bit weird um, and maybe that, maybe just me not understanding it. Maybe it just went over my head. It was too smart for me. Maybe you need more than nine IQ points to play this game and understand it. <laughs> maybe I should have looked up Control Ending Explained when I finished it. I, I didn't look it up, but from from my understanding of the game, because I actually, because I was in a, such a rush to finish it because I only really have one day to play games, I didn't read a huge amount of the collectibles. I think I read like two. Um, so I kind of just went through the game in a day and just kind of just experienced it. I think that probably helped me understand it a lot more the the whole thing with hedron from, from my understanding correct me if i'm wrong patrick hedron was polaris all along there was just their name for it and that's why they had the uh, you were protected because you had polaris inside your head um uh, for the most part so was your brother that's why he still kind of had control uh when the hiss were in him uh but he just let them in um the hedron resonance amplifiers that the doctor was working on uh, allowed you allowed the people that wore them to basically get the effect as if Polaris was in them but not speak to her or anything so they were protected as well um, and the hiss the whole time was after the Hedron or Polaris because that was sort of the only resistance factor to them sort of taking over um, so the the whole ending of the game was basically you try and protect Polaris uh, Hedron slash Polaris itself uh, dies or something happens and maybe not necessarily dead but gone 
um, but they still live inside you, you and your brother's head. Um, and you start sort of fighting the hiss inside your head and forcing them out, whereas your brother let them in. And once you force them out, then you sort of go through this whole phase of like, okay, well, here's everything that happened. The, the director got controlled over, you know, by the hiss and everything. And then it does like this weird SCP time loop uh, where she kind of shoots the director um, as if to say like, oh, okay, well, I now accept that the old director's gone. I, I need to take the need to take his place. I need to be the director. I need to lead these people to fight against the hiss so the world doesn't die. And I need to be of, in control, would you say? Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. literally, yeah. The theme, and then she yeah. ends up basically being like, okay, well, I've come into myself now. I like the very end of the game, and she's like, I am the director. And she's got control over the situation. She's like saying, oh, we're not, we're not going to run the bureau like it used to be, blah, 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 blah. Like it's under new management, basically. I'm in control. Here's how we're going to do it. And then sort of like the whole thing was like a big plot arc of her going from oh i can't be the director to just being the director does that make sense yeah and that's probably a, that, that's my understanding of yeah, it yeah no and that, that is perfectly right on it, but yeah. yeah that is perfectly right and that's that definitely does sum up jesse's sort of arc in the most simple terms but yeah, I, yeah, I, don't, I don't think yeah, yeah, the, yeah like even that the open ending i don't i semi liked it because it's like all right the Jesse arc is over. I'm the director. That's it. Let's get things done. And then it's sort of like a, all right, you've got side quests to do type of thing. Yeah. yeah. See, I would yeah. rather just for them to go like, here was the complete ending and then do what some of the other games do where they kind of throw you back to the last chapter and then you can do like your side quest or whatever, or you can repeat the yeah. last chapter if you want to. Um, I just, I felt that it just didn't wrap up nicely in saying that I have plans at some point to play the DLC so if the DLC continues the story well enough, then I'm not going to be too upset. Uh, but it'd still it's... be the story of like, eh, leaving it open for DLC is kind of tacky. Yeah, the I, I finished the Foundation DLC. Uh, finished it today, actually. Uh, only mm. the story. There, there's a lot of side questy and exploration stuff that I haven't done because uh, it gives you the Foundation as a new area. It's very cool and it adds to the story, but it's not a continuation of Jesse's arc. Okay. Does Wait, it, do you, are you another character or? No, no, no. Sorry. So what, what I mean is like, cause you guys were saying that's the end of Jesse's arc. She's the director now. This is still you as director Jesse continuing with your mission to, you know, uh, clean up the federal bureau of control. But the events of the storyline within the foundation DLC aren't a continuation of you've just cleansed the hiss from your brother and the director is dead and all that sort of stuff it like what i mean is you you could play the foundation dlc um as soon as you become the director at the end of the game or uh once the game is sort of opened up and the only thing you'd be missing is the context of some of the characters there's no is that the jukebox uh, thing? the jukebox is something slightly different yeah that's uh, that was that's free dlc yeah, yeah okay that's yeah, that thought, was sort of free that dlc that's released as sort of like a combat arena yeah um, and mm. i jumped into that too early and i got flogged i got absolutely <laughs> yeah and yeah, i was yeah. like oh this, now i've died for the first time cool yeah yeah uh so it's definitely worth playing because it contributes to the world building but it won't contribute to you understanding uh jesse's arc uh like you you won't uh have yeah the, the the DLC isn't designed to continue your understanding of Jesse. It's to, it's designed to continue your understanding of the oldest house. Okay, that's cool. Um, did you play the Alan Wake one at all? I haven't yet. That's that's the next on the list. Um, sort of saving that to last, and also because that was the order they were released. So I heard someone that played through both told me that I should play them um, Foundation first and then Alan Wake. So haven't played Alan Wake yet, but I I intend to. Yeah. Um. Have you read any SCP stories or anything like that, Stephen? Uh, what's an SCP? Okay, I take that as a no. No. 
Um, I don't know how to explain SCP. Uh, do you want to give it a go, Patrick? I honestly don't really have the words to describe it. Um, no. I just in the interest of making sure that we don't go too wildly off topic, where is this going? <laughs> so the, the reason I, I want to sort of bring this up is so that the SCP Foundation is like this this fake uh i just know it as a website i'm sure it does other stuff as well but it stands for secure uh contain protect and they're just all these stories about weird mostly kind of like alien or extra normal phenomenon and the whole like the way that control is presented with all of the places of power and the objects of power and just the way that you're sort of in jesse's head but not really knowing exactly what's going on like you feel like you're playing her but you don't have the full context of what she would all of that are sort of really big traits of the way that scp stories usually play out and i just think they did it extremely well um and i just sort of wanted to touch on that very quickly that um no i think that it it would kind of the reason that I was exposed to the game other than Alan Wake was because people told me it was very SCP and they, they really held up to it um, a lot. Um, they uh, You also had notes in there, uh, Patrick, for one of the questions about what we think of basically uh, Jess, like playing as Jessie but not really having the, the full like knowledge of Jessie so she has like an inner voice to sort of explain things and question things. Um, I think they did it really well like I, th I think that for the most part anything that you're kind of thinking jesse for the most part brings up it might not be exactly what you're kind of thinking but it does explain more of the story without ruining it or forcing you to read dialogue um and i thought that was quite good yeah i i, I like that sort of thing but at the start it's a bit jarring because there's there's sort of like a the screen goes a bit blurry and she's like sort of like talking to it or thinking to herself and i'm like what like did i did a break on me or something but now then you find out that it is she's got something else to I, i'm not sure if it's talking i think she's sort of it's more of a feeling um and that's that that is, i was sort of uh in two minds about it but I, it definitely did grow on me and yeah as you say like it's like i sort of think it and then like jesse like sort of semi responds um like it was a bit a bit it, uncanny it valley really type well. of thing yeah, yeah. It, it, was, it was it was very well done yeah, and I just thought that um that that fit really into sort of the the SCP sort of theme of things. So it's the sort of the reason I bring that up. I think that that was their intention with it, which was which was good, and it worked out really well. Um, what were your thoughts on it, Patrick? Uh, regarding which the sort of like inner monologue that Jesse had. I think it. I think it adds to it. I I was trying to figure out what it would be like. Um. It, whether like if, if it was removed what the game would feel like instead because i i don't think she says anything in an internal monologue that you're not already thinking and that that's the kind of interesting point <laughs> basically i i when i knew that we were going to be talking about a control about control a lot put down a bunch of questions to start his discussions josh has kind of one up to me and gone and already started on one of them so thanks josh uh, <laughs> but it's it's basically around the role of you're playing a protagonist who, because you both enter, you and the protagonist, um, Jesse, both enter the Federal Bureau of Control at the same time. So you are basically presented with the same information. And so the question that I had for, for both of you is that, uh, and of course, Josh, is, well, you both sort of answered it already, is that uh, while you're going through particularly the story elements, a lot of Jesse's dialogue, because it's a very solitary game, is to herself. And it's done in the form of just little... Uh, like thoughts to herself and internal monologues and bits and pieces and also during dialogue like uh, you'll be talking to 
um, say, like one of the researchers, and then you as Jesse are careful to say enough to try and get an answer, but not too much that you give something away. And my argument is that you don't hear anything through the internal monologues that isn't kind of in line with what you're thinking. But I feel like if they were removed, it would make for a worse experience. And I can't quite put my finger on why. Uh, so that was the context for that question. Um, so yeah, I guess to answer it from my perspective, I, I do think it adds to the game. Because if it was removed, it would uh, it would remove from the game. But as I say, I don't quite don't quite know what it is that that really changes yeah no i um like i i agree and steven obviously said the same thing that and anything she said she you were kind of already thinking like even to the point where listening back to the last episode um steven was talking about sort of the, the timed puzzle you had to do um and he failed it like three times and jesse was like oh you know why can't i do this steven was like oh you know why can't i do this <laughs> like, yeah, um, like this. <laughs> yeah. yeah and then jesse um, says it i did the puzzle first go by the way um <laughs> <laughs> uh, just to you know just to outword all you again um but uh yeah no i think that it, it, like it it just worked re really well like uh anything that you were really thinking that you just didn't have enough context for they gave you enough to keep you engaged but not enough that you needed to read pages of dialogue or do silly quests that you don't necessarily need to do to have the context and it it made it so that you could then listen to her backstory and fill in gaps when you heard her psychiatrist tapes, when you saw like people following her and everything in the photos. And it sort of showed very small flashbacks without necessarily just dumping story on you. And that that whole thing worked really well over the course of like the 11, 12 hour game, maybe, maybe about 11 hours. Um, so like that just wrapped up so well. It was just so well written that I think that was an excellent element to it. Cool. Uh, anything you want to add to that, Steve? Otherwise, we'll just move through the rest of the discussion starting. Yeah, no, I, no, I, for, for once, I'll agree with Josh on all those points. Like, that is, yeah, that's all <laughs> Whoa, hold on. Yeah, whoa. No Josh Excuse takes me? here. Excuse me? No Josh takes here. <laughs> I can't believe this. It's the first time. Don't worry, don't worry, Seth. When you, when you play it, you can come through and tell us all why Josh is wrong. <laughs> no problem. I'll, I'll aim just for that next week. <laughs> I'll have the worst experience of the game just to do that. That would upset me because it's a phenomenal game. <laughs> So the, the next question that I had that I wanted to get you guys' take on it is that uh, it's a very solitary game. You're playing Jessie Faden. Uh, she is a solo protagonist through 99% of the game, and you do have interactions with some of the survivors in the Federal Bureau of Control. But I see the argument online, and I agree with, that there are actually two main characters in the game, and that is you as Jessie Faden and the oldest house and like as a setting, which is interesting to think about because typically the setting that you play in isn't a characterizable thing in a game but i think control is one of the few examples where uh the oldest house or in other words the setting is a character just as important as jesse and also has just as much uh character development and arc as jesse is that something that you guys would agree with um yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah i'd agree with that as well it's I, so, um, the only probably thing i'd probably argue against is that there's just so there's this sort of system where it's like there are those like as you get on this radiant quest that come up and you've got 20 minutes to go and like it's kill x amount of enemies or blow up some nodes or something and that sort of does break that sort of concept because like you'll be in the middle of exploration or in a new area or something and it's like oh okay i've got 20 minutes to find a fast travel point go back to somewhere i've already been find what i have to do and then do it 
and it, it, it does sort of break that exploration kind of aspect hmm. and we we um raised that a little bit last week as well with the idea that when you have continually prompted uh like time-based side events like this often it does lead to backtracking where your primary motivation in a large setting that you're unfamiliar with is to explore that setting and usually it won't put side quests where you haven't been yet right <laughs> yeah <laughs> places that you've already cleared out yeah um, so that's yeah actually that's sorry, a good continue. point no, no 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 that's actually a good point like it hopefully well, i didn't get any that put me in an area i didn't that was newer i couldn't get to it was just sort of a bit i wanted to continue the story then it's like all right you got 20 minutes to do this and i'm like oh fuck all right let's do it usually it's they only take like two or three minutes to complete but it's still like the yeah, but it's, it's time out of your way. Yeah. Uh, I had an interesting moment finishing the foundation when I was I was in the middle of dialogue and then you hear the sound of, hey, you know, side quests have rolled over. And then on top of the dialogue options was, hey, do you want to go kill a bunch of people in this other room? Yeah. <laughs> and so it was like, chat chat about chat about an object, chat about a person, go kill some people next door. Like, oh, hmm. <laughs> Decisions. <laughs> um, so the reason I have that as a discussion uh, as a discussion statement, this is the the idea that the oldest setting, the oldest house and, and setting is a character. Isn't so that I can just phase it as a yes, no question, we can move on. It's that I'd be curious to get your guys' opinions on why it is that a game setting like the oldest house is a character, but as a comparison, I actually couldn't think of a good example for this, but I know that they're out there. Maybe you guys have some that are on the fly. If you play through a game, particularly a hub world, that as you play through the game, it upgrades in some way. I was thinking like the farm in Monster Hunter as like the only thing that came to my mind for some reason, but you guys kind of know what I mean, right? Like there are places that as you play through a story, they change and they evolve. And that is also what the oldest house does. So why is it that we're willing to accept that the oldest house is a, is a character? But I don't think we would say um, something like the Monster Hunter hub world, for example, as I say, you guys might have better examples. Like, I, I don't think anyone would call that a character. Can you guys think of what the difference might be, uh, Josh? Yeah, no, I, I, I can. I can think of a few examples, like like even like the, the areas in Diablo where you like upgrade blacksmiths and stuff like that. Like, there are plenty of examples of, of hub worlds that do that. Um, there's the stronghold in, in Lost Ark, but um, I, I get what you mean. Like, they're, they're never, a, I guess, a character or a, a major feature uh, point of the game, like a focal point. But I think being entirely centralized within the the oldest house like you you never go outside the oldest house at any point in this game um really adds a lot more to that so it's not just a setting it's the setting um i also think that throughout the game uh you pick up various bits of um intel i guess uh, or knowledge on the oldest house and how they talk about how it's kind of always been there it's this living thing and um you know they're while they're trying to tame it and understand it it's constantly evading uh like comprehension um to the point where they're like they find this light switch which is ends up being a, a focal point in the main story and gets you to and from various places you need to go uh at one point they they found that brought it back to the oldest house and it sort of started spreading within the oldest house like the fact that it it almost has its own personality because it, they never really explain it um really adds a lot to it and i think obviously being this this changing being and you you walk in it's like oh cool here's what the house can be and here's sort of my interpretation of what i want it to be and you know at this point that the house is agreeing rather than you're actually sort of impressing your will on it i think if that makes sense makes it sort of more of a a personality rather than just a setting 
Yeah, I, I think that's a good way of putting it. Uh, Steve, what are your thoughts? Oh, no, I, I agree with pretty much what you just said, Josh, but I will say probably the worst part of... But you see, the worst part of the game is when you go to the Ocean View Motel. Is, it's sort of like... It's never really... There's a lot of speculation around what it is within the game itself, but whether it exists within the oldest house or if it's the oldest house teleporting you there. But essentially, it's like weird little puzzle things that you sort of have to work out how to fix the room to sort of progress in the story. And I think those are the worst parts of the game. Is it because you struggle with them? It's only because I struggle with it because it doesn't tell you what, it doesn't tell you anything. Like it tells yeah, you no, like- I, I, I fucking hand on heart, I struggled like that. I struggled yeah. so much through those. And like, it, it, <laughs> like you do, there's like two collectibles before it and you realize that like every time you, you pull the, the handle thing, it changes it a little bit. But it doesn't tell you that when you ring the doorbell, it opens a different room doesn't tell you that you have to pull it three times for it to work like it's, it's it, it, that was my joker moment that was very close to me like <laughs> i know you're fucking insane i um, i kind of agree and yeah i actually want to retake something i just said a moment ago the ocean view hotel as far as i'm aware it's it's like uh the, uh, the street on on ordinary avenue or whatever it was it exists outside the oldest house but the oldest house links to it um so i think they explained that at some point and so you do actually leave the oldest house, but you kind of don't. Um, the the light switches, there's a sign beside it that says the law of three applies. Yeah, the law of three applies. Um, yeah, and you're like that. Yeah, that's that, that, that is an indication. Yeah. Um, I the very first time I came across it, I pulled it and went, oh, that did nothing. I pulled it again and went, that did nothing. And then I jumped off the edge thinking there would be something invisible, and I died. <laughs> and I was like oh <laughs> okay i guess that's not it and then i had to run all the way back and it took like five minutes and i had to fight a whole bunch of hordes of enemies that spawned in the way and everything and i was really annoyed and then i read the sign it's like the law of three applies i'm like oh I, okay I, I get it and then um as you were ringing the bell um you know i didn't understand what was happening the first time to the point where i just kind of managed to guess my way through it and then the second time I was looking at the doors going, oh, you know, there's only one thing that's interactable in this and it's the bell. And as I hit the bell, I saw the doors opening. And once I understood that the bell, the bell opened the door, I think you go there three times total to the motel uh, or four, maybe four. Yeah, I think it's I four, just yeah. understood it uh, from then on. So I didn't have yeah, a problem I, with it at all. It was just the, the matter of figuring out the puzzles within the room, like this yeah. one's upside the, down and whatever. The yeah, the puzzles in the room were fine. It was just like, I think I... I think I, was, I had the camera the wrong way around when I was like dinging in the bell. So I didn't yeah. see the other doors. And because I'm like, okay, cool. Rule of three. There are three doors. If you press it three times, it all it does is just reopen the room that you started with. Yeah. So no, I, I had the same problem at yeah. first. Um, yeah, I was okay. also convinced that you could go out the main doors and because you kept hearing people outside the door. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, like you're going to go out here at some point. No, you always kind of go back to the same room except for when you're going to the janitor. Um, and I was like, oh, that's kind of disappointing and i expected kind of kind of more from it and it was it, it just felt unnecessary is my only sort of gripe with it yeah no fully agree it, it it was good i just it completely threw you into the deep end and was like what do you mean you get stuck how would you get stuck we gave you no clues and you drowned i don't understand yeah yeah exactly <laughs> just be <Yeah>. smarter <laughs> yeah yeah no, those, those are all valid points um on the back of that obviously this is a three-year-old game now um <laughs> it's not like a new release that just came out uh people can go and buy it probably on sale most places so now that you've finished it uh what would you give it out of 10 steve rating, mm. uh, rating and closing thoughts yeah it's closing thoughts it's good in some places bad in the other i did yeah the, the technical 
issues. And I did have a couple of like sound problems where during cutscenes it wouldn't play um, like voices. And it was just sort of like subtitles were coming up and I was just sort of looking at each other, but like no, no sound was coming up. And I wasn't sure if that was supposed to be happening or not. But then it cut to another character and it's like, okay, obviously sounds buffed. Um, but yeah, and the map problem really bugged me as well. It, but like, I still liked it. I, I enjoyed it. So the, the, the technical limitations brought it down, but what the it, game was was still yeah, quite good. Yeah, exactly. And the, the gameplay, like which you, we didn't really touch on, we could spend another 40 minutes talking about that. It's like really fun and snappy. Um, you have to do a little bit of thinking, but not too much. Like if you just run in, you're going to get into strife. If you don't run, if you take too much time, you'll get sort of like ganged up on and flanked. So I reckon it's a solid 7 out of 10 for me. I, cool. um, Thank you for that. Josh? Yeah, I... I, I want to preface this first with I'm I guess I'm pretty biased because I went into this expecting SCP and expecting Alan Wake and it kind of just gave me everything I wanted <laughs> um to the the point where I you know uh, the the licensed music question I think you know would be overtaken in, in control by that maze I think that that was uh, done that, so that's probably well. not going to make too much sense so you mean the question that the audience asked uh last, last week, week yeah the, what's your favorite licensed music piece of a game you would say that instead of your answer you gave last week you would change that to the maze section in control is that I, yeah i would like, absolutely um i think it was it, the, the care that they put into that one part of the game really just shown right through um so while i think the overall game was really good and, and very interesting and the, you know, the story probably had a, a little bit of problems I, I think towards the end like i was saying um but the the care of, of what was shown and the fact that it's so close to what alan wake was and i absolutely loved that game that's making me a little bit biased i would probably give it i also didn't have any technical problems just you know to say that um i probably would give it like an eight and a half yeah are we giving half. it half marks uh i don't yeah, really believe, I don't really believe half in half marks. i'd round it up yeah me. round it up always round up if you're gonna give I'd, it I'd, half wait, round wait, 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 wait. We can just Seth. Are we allowed to like? Are we? We just, we'll just pause the recording for a sec. Can we? Can we do half marks? Is that? Is that cool? Uh, yeah, half marks are fine. All right, all right, and resume. Yeah, Josh, half marks are fine. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. Yeah, I, I give it an eight and a half. Sweet. What would you give it? Um. What would you give the DLC as well? I'm curious about that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what would you okay. give the game? Everyone hit me DLC. with something at once there. Whoa, start <laughs> that one again. Josh, what was your question? What would yeah, I give? Yeah, we we kind of said, went. Yeah, we, we said the same thing. Um. What what would you give the base game, and then yeah. what would you give the DLC that you've done? Gotcha. And then I guess a combined score. And that was the same as that was yeah, the same as your question. Yeah, exactly yeah. the same as me. Yeah. Sweet. Okay. Cool. I think I gave it an eight or a nine. Um, uh, last week, I would probably round that up to a nine after having you know jumped back into it. Uh, you know, did little bits of it, and then did the foundation DLC. I wouldn't split out the DLC too much because I am more invested in the world building than the character development. So for me, that'd actually be pretty, they'd both be nines for me because I'm I'm kind of like you, Josh. I'm a big sucker for SCP stories. Um, I don't have the words to describe it, but you actually put it quite succinctly when you gave examples for it. Uh, and yeah, it is everything that I wanted. Um, Foundation, uh, it's, it's it does a really good job of building up the world and it doesn't answer all the questions that the story brought up and i don't know if they'll all be answered in side quests or not or if it's going to do some kind of what do you think towards the end of it but i kind of <laughs> i don't hold that against it i kind of like that idea of sometimes you just don't know the answers to things so yeah i'd give it a, a nine for base game and dlc and i look forward to playing alan wake dlc when i eventually get to that 
Nice. And that brings us to the end of the deep dive for this week. Uh, being control. Thank you to everyone for the very good discussion on that. Uh, and that- Glad to be a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> what are your I thoughts? Are you your, gonna be- your input most of all, Seth. Did you um, like our shilling oh, it, Seth? Are you going to play oh, it Oh, shit. No, were you on mute the whole time? <laughs> uh, oh, God. No, because no, you... you- I swear you were talking. I, I, you were talking I got all most these waveforms. <laughs> I got all these waveforms, so you'll just have to wait for the playback. Well, I, I got a be, question for I, Seth. I, um, I, I swear he he chipped in on some of the conversations <laughs> twice. Um, no, <laughs> no, I have a question for you. So you you said that you would give it a zero because I shielded it last week, like of a out of ten rating on how likely you are to play it. What's your um? What's your your actual rating now? Now that we've finished the game, and now that we have zero point five, I guess a lot of high praise for it. What what do you, is that uh, number changed? Since it was exactly what you wanted, uh, negative ten. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the old family discount's actually more expensive trick. I love it. You went in there expecting SCP and uh, Alan Wake. You got exactly what you wanted, which is a, a bad thing in my books. Wow. <laughs> Even though for once everyone agrees with me. <laughs> that, that sounds that sounds almost like an episode, uh, an old episode of, of ours. Uh, Pokemon gives you exactly what you want. Shout out to to us from three months ago. <laughs> God, it was three months. Um, yeah, no, uh, definitely, definitely would recommend you play it, Seth. Uh, I'm sure eventually you will or not. And you know, as any listener out there has just heard, we would recommend that anyone give Control a go. And as I said, chances are you will find it on sale somewhere. And with that, that does bring us to the end of part one. Uh, thank you, everyone, for Round the Lounge. And we are now on to part two, which, of course, is news. And there's a weird theme with news this week. Seems like... I don't, I don't know what the cool kid in school did, but he decided that a countdown on a website was like the new hit thing, and boy howdy did that take off, because, man, quite a few countdowns this week. Uh, shall we start with the Capcom one? Uh, who wants to discuss this one? Yes, yeah, so Capcom launched a mystery countdown site. This is the only one that's going to be an actual mystery for this. Uh, the others, we know what they're counting down to. But um, yeah, I thought it'd be fun to put this on so we can speculate what it is uh this one ends in three days and 19 hours from recording time uh so by the time you hear this uh our podcast it'll probably actually be announced what it is wait 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 whoa that was crazy i had no idea it was going to be that did you guys see that coming that's yeah that's, i can't that's believe that they mad. actually made a real life rathalos isn't that crazy <laughs> i can't believe xbox bought monster hunter wow <laughs> <laughs> and they're oh discontinuing everything except for xbox wow <laughs> Monsanto World 2. Oh, God, if they announce Monsanto World 2, I'm going to be so wet. <laughs> Xbox is not, not with Sunbreak on the horizon. I see what you did there. Oh, hey, good one. More like Sunrise, eh? Anyway, <laughs> uh, so I think we have had some speculations as to what this is. There were some... Uh, there, I saw some tweets about people that went in uh, to some of the source code for the website and think that it's linked to... Was it Microsoft buying Capcom? Oh, that was a that joke. Was a okay, that was a joke. Yeah. That, that, sure. that was a meme because there's, there's it, so much it shit lived... posting that goes through the rumor mill at the moment. Yeah, that that one uh, that one someone was doing it as a joke, and they put down that it was like Vice President of Game Pass Phil Spencer. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's what it said. Like in the uh, I don't know, I think it was the CSS um, or the JavaScript somewhere. It's just like blatant text that doesn't fit in at all. That just says like yeah, like Vice President of Game Pass Phil Spencer <laughs> is buying Capcom or something. Oh, uh, that's great. There we go, kids. Don't just read the headline. Don't read the article either. Um, next up in the list of countdowns we have, uh, Atlas doing a countdown for Soul Hackers. I know nothing about Soul Hackers. Tell me about Soul Hackers. Uh, Soul Hackers is another one of um, Atlas's RPG series. This was a 3DS game that came out around launch or a couple of years later. 
and it's just been quiet ever since. Uh, <laughs> it came out either around launch or like multiple years after. I I forget I, which. Like 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 within within a year of release, I think it was. Okay. Are you sure about that? Yeah. Oh no, sorry, I clicked I clicked on the wrong link. Never mind, play on. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see a Capcom banner? No, I didn't. That's uh, I I clicked on the next news stories link. I'm like, hmm, are you, are you sure? That's anyway. Sorry, yeah, continue. Sorry. <laughs> But yeah, our Soul Hackers, I've seen I know a lot of people enjoy this series and they're going to be announcing that in three days and twenty-one hours. If it's not Persona, I'm sleeping for it. So thanks, Alice. It's uh it's uh, Persona-ish from what I've heard. It's not what Persona. I gather. It's not one. So it means one we have we have two so it means we have two hours to to like hit the come down off of the Capcom announcement before we get the the huge hype boost of what the um soul hackers announcement's gonna be is that is that right three hours 19 versus three hours 20 yeah oh, three days that. three days Ugh. yeah three days 18 and three days 21 yeah there we so go so we get about three hours difference cool so we can go watch like into the spider verse or something in the middle and it should be a non-stop hype train sounds good um so are you are you excited for soul hackers was that one that you played Seth? i didn't play it but i know a lot of people really liked it and it's one i wanted to check out for a while so just hear hearing that uh, they're going to keep doing more with that is exciting to me. <laughs> they're going to bring it out on the 3DS again? <laughs> well, not anymore. Yeah, not anymore. <laughs> but we'll get to that later. Fair um, I just want to point out quickly that the background they're using for the, the countdown, though probably only Patrick will know what this is, it's like a templated background that you can use for free for a GitHub page. Um, they've just like blatantly used it. <laughs> it's just straight up a template. So I mean, On the back of the Soul Hackers one. Yeah, I uh, I'm hoping that they put more effort into the actual game than they did the actual website. I mean, oh, if, if if the entire game sourced on GitHub pages, that's a technical achievement in its own right. That that is pretty cool. Um, but anyway, yeah, we we can move on. <laughs> and to round out the trio of countdowns, Squeenix wants to also do a countdown site for uh, FMA's twentieth anniversary. Uh, FMA's Formula Alchemist for the uninitiated, one of the best anime series of all time. Uh, one of the most highly rated anime series of all time as well. Um, yeah, I, th I think it's consistently in like the top three. Uh, it would, I would say like top three, um, like people recommending. Um, at the moment, let me just have a quick look. Oh, it's actually number one on my anime list, which is yeah, crazy. Yeah, that makes what that about, sounds what about everybody else's anime? What about everybody else's anime list? <laughs> Don't do this. But no, it has an average score of 9.15 out of 10, which is on So is that, is that Alchemist season. or is that Brotherhood? That's Brotherhood. It'd be Brotherhood, um, yeah. That's yeah. What I thought. Yeah, yeah, because the Alchemist was less good. Um, I think that's around the 20s, though. Like, that's still pretty decently high, but only because people kind of went back and watched it after they watched Brotherhood. So. Half of it is good, and then it's like, you know what? Fuck yeah, I'm doing my own thing, and it's like, I don't get it. Why'd you do it like this? Yeah. yeah. Because the manga wasn't finished, and so the anime studio yeah. was just like, fuck it, let's do our own we'll thing. Make up our own thing, <laughs> yeah. I, um, the only thing I want to say about this Full Metal Alchemist thing is that from the website slash countdown design, um, Scar is in there, very live action looking. So I'm hoping it's not just going to be another terrible live action think, anime movie. You think that's the live action? It looks kind of CG it looks to me. Kind of CG, but it looks like the kind of CG that they do for like, you know, this is going to be a fight scene in a terrible anime live action. Yeah, kind like of the arm CG. definitely, the arm definitely is real. Like the hood behind it and the face look CG. So yeah, um, I mean, maybe maybe they'll just give it the cowboy bebop treatment. Please no, God, they're no. going to cancel it. Good, how good? <laughs> yeah. We've won. But yeah, it's um, we'll see what it turns out to be. But that's thirteen days away. 
Oh, boo. That's not three days away. My attention no. span isn't that long. We could. Why, why are we bringing this up now? We could do this next week. You know what? Fuck. Sure, I'm gonna, it was announced today. I'm going back uh, to watch all the Full Metal Alchemist episodes. Yeah, I, I will. I'll watch those as well. We can and I'll it. be watching it in dub. Thank you very much. Oh, I, I have taste. I don't want to <laughs> read while I'm watching TV. <laughs> Enjoy reading. I will. <laughs> Uh, I'm just getting the the uh, <laughs> just getting the Steve can't read flashbacks of a couple episodes ago. <laughs> it all makes sense now. <laughs> I've, cracked the, I've cracked the code. Um, anyway, that rounds out the trio of countdowns we have. Um, yeah, as 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 you guys will hear. Wow, honestly, I was not expecting two of those three announcements. That was crazy. The third one, uh, the one that's in 13 days, I absolutely saw coming though. So you know, yeah. two out of three ain't bad. Um, next up in the list, Deep Rock Galactic the game that I shilled to death <laughs> on many episodes ago now, is getting a board game. It's your game. Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, some, yeah, I believe that is one of the reviews, uh, just on Steam. It's just me saying, it's my Final Fantasy XIV. No one <laughs> no one said that the review was good, but a lot of people found it funny. Um, but that is getting a board game, uh, which if I had more people that I could play that with in real life, I would absolutely go and get. It's on Kickstarter. It's absolutely smoked its goal, and it looks to be very good, but slightly too expensive and i don't think i will play it enough to justify me getting it but i really hope they they do a video game version that way i can play with with, with my friends over the internet yeah yeah someone will make this in tabletop simulator within like a week hopefully yeah, hope so. it hopefully becomes an online game um you yeah, can actually be, play oh. without, the, without the board game aspect probably i mean i'm i'm so over turn-based if it was just if it was just like like just some sort of like first person that'd be that'd be pretty sick and if you're shooting as well they should make some sort of genre if you're in the first person and you're shooting something that'd be that sounds like it'd be really that, good that, that you can justify I, releasing the same game every year yeah I, I i feel like i feel like there's a studio that that did that not anymore they got bought out by microsoft <laughs> i thought they got bought out by sony sony yeah no it was it was, it was by sony by sony activision bungie oh <laughs> We both had different things in our head. Oh, man. Because it's the, the same fucking game. Consider, yeah. <laughs> yeah, consider the rug pulled. Anyway, uh, to, to anyone that uh, even has played Deep Rock Galactic, it does look like a really sick game. Even if you guys aren't going to buy it, highly recommend looking at it because they put a lot of work into it and it does look to be a lot of fun. I just wish I had more friends. Anyway, next up on the docket, we have... <laughs> I, no, before um, we move on, I want to I want to mention, you said it smoked it, but I want to put numbers to this, right? So there's 14 days to go. 14,000 people have backed it, and in Australian dollars, it's 2.8 million out of 316,000. So it's like over nearly 10 times its goal. That's nuts. Something um, tells me that the New Zealand dollar has absolutely died compared to the Aussie dollar because I'll give you the numbers that I see. The numbers that I see is that, um, you know, 14 days to go. So, you know, two hour time difference, you know, take it or leave it. Um, 14,000 <laughs> people which is probably slightly more than Australians given that you guys are so short um, but oh. numbers wise we have uh, of the NZ you know dollar reduce 339,000 uh, yeah $339,950 uh, and it's made $3,057,149 damn oh wow you boys cracked into the three millions already yeah no we're <laughs> there's two hours nothing, made a nothing but Warcraft money and Venezuelan V-Bucks for New Zealand <laughs> How are people going to paint their figurines now? Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, we can, we can move on. Yeah, no, it, yeah, at the, you're right though. It has smoked the goal. It has smoked the goal, and yeah, you were right to put numbers to it because I've never seen a board game crack uh, 
multiple millions like that but i also don't really look at board games on kickstarter anyway moving on i'll uh, be honest with you fellas i'm going down the kickstarter rabbit hole now there's a bunch of stuff that looks cool that never will get funded but anyway sorry yeah no 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 no. i i I need to what 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 was the what what looked cool what looked cool um the group so there's this thing called Kybo Flex. It's the next generation of bone conducting headphones. Oh, um, it's made a over a thousand percent of its goal. Like its original goal was about seven thousand Australian, and it's currently at six hundred and three thousand. That's such a scam. You want you want the latest bone conducting headphones, and they think they can do it for seven k. That's a scam. <laughs> yeah, that is. Yeah. That's a massive what like the a scam. Fuck? So the re- so if you if you pledge eighty dollars. <laughs> If you pledge eighty dollars, you get a pair of them. But when they're released, they're going to retail for one hundred nineteen. Okay, uh, and um, how many of these are you planning on leaving at the beach? <laughs> I just well, part of that's I, funny, I, man. I can't get into my house anymore. I'm still fucking waiting for that fucking swipe key. Landlords and real estate agents will be the first on the chopping blocks when the revolution comes. I'm just amazed that technology has advanced to the point where I could go, I could go and sell a pre-owned Toyota Corolla and and single-handedly fund the latest bone conducting <laughs> t- headphone technology. Good thing you drive a Prius. I don't. Patrick I don't. You take that back. I don't drive a Prius. There's nothing wrong with the Prius. It's, it's the good for the environment. <laughs> Look, wake me up when they start making actual codex from Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear. I'll wake you up when September ends. Um, anyway. God, that was even worse. I know. Uh, I, I had to say it because Steve comment. can't have all of the terrible yeah, days. Yeah, Steve take, honestly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> next up on the list, though, I returning to returning to the actual <laughs> shut up. Returning to the actual news docket. <laughs> uh, Warhammer Total War. Um, actually, what what is the full title for this? So Total War Warhammer Total 3. Total War Warhammer Three. Yeah. yeah. So that that came out today. Um, not really too much to say other than that it's Warhammer, right? It's Total War. So if you played a Total War game. You know what to expect. If you played a Total War Warhammer game, you definitely know what to expect. Um, it's out on Game Pass now, day one, and uh, yeah, everywhere else if you want to buy it. Game is Pass is the winners, baby. Still Warhammer Fantasy. What do you mean Warhammer Fantasy? It's just exactly the same as the other Total War Warhammer. Yeah, game. see that. The, I don't know. I I have Total Warhammer two because I picked it up when it was dirt cheap, and I've, I'm nervous to play it because it has everything that I think I'll like in a game, and I just don't have the hours to to feed that addiction but uh should the day ever come where they do total warhammer with warhammer 40k as opposed to warhammer fantasy oh i get i'll you be now. in day one um, yeah no it's warhammer fantasy not 40k yeah that's that's okay you know everyone makes mistakes next up on the list though i don't uh, think i'm gonna get these bone conducting headphones they don't it's got like a wireless charger thing that's on your desk it doesn't look good fellas i think i'm gonna close that tab bone bros we lost it's 7k <laughs> i love how i love how for like a solid minute you're like oh the boys are gonna love this <laughs> i just you've got a hover pen here if you want. anyway sorry no continue on i'm gonna close kickstarter see you later kickstarter you, youtube's been serving serving me ads for, for the hover pen i have got no idea why i'd ever want a pen that can float on the desk but yeah cool that is that work, sounds kind of cool when you're working from home and no one can see you and it's just floating there <laughs> <laughs> Let me, just, awesome. let me just sign this really important document that I have at home rather than on an email Picks like a regular person. Yeah, no, that's yeah, sick. yeah. Hover pen. Hoverboard when. Actually, I take that back. If Hover Pen would like to sponsor this podcast, let us know. We're open. We're open to chat. I don't think they're sponsoring anything since they're asking for money too. Go <laughs> spend money to make money. I will also take some bone conducting headphones. <laughs> no, no, it's all about we'll send all about, you the we'll, Bose ones. We'll, we'll we'll pay them an exposure. However many, however many backers they have, we'll, we'll give them an extra couple. And if you want uh, more exposure, I'll, 7K, we'll I'll expose myself as well. Money. 
I'm pretty sure they would they would sponsor us for you not to do that, Steve. Anyway, <laughs> next I'll up take on it. the news doc, though. Uh, Seth, this was something that you wanted to mention last week, but it, it slipped out. Uh, you got a second chance, last chance redemption here. Uh, tell us what it is. Uh, Chocobo GP has uh, cemented itself as a game I will not play because for some reason they thought it was a good idea to put a paid season pass, uh, not season pass, battle pass into the game that runs on a seasonally uh, ticket and they're locking Cloud as a playable character behind the paid version of the season pass. Does it have Does it have rollback netcode at least? I don't think... I don't think uh, racing games run on rollback, actually. Sounds even worse. Can you buy, like, the old tracks for, like, $25? Rollback. <laughs> rollback I'm sorry, I heard two things there, and I need I need you guys to repeat it one at a time so I, I can hear what happened. Mine's yeah, a dumb so comment. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go first. Oh. I'll go first. If I get Nintendo Switch online, do I get Cloud? No. You get Cloud Should saving, you? but that's different. Yeah, you get Cloud saving. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> so I can save Cloud, but I can't play as Cloud. Awesome. <laughs> uh, but my comment was, um, can you pay, like, $25 to get all the old uh, tracks? In waves, uh, uh, going to 2023, asking for a friend. See, see, this is this is just making me want to go back to the Mario Kart talk from last week. Oh no, I'm asleep. Which is why I forgot. <laughs> which is why I forgot to talk about this last week because Mario Kart just dominated everything, and that's an actual good game, mm. which well, actually sucks because this game does look pretty fun and it's got some good ideas like a 64-player uh, online tournament brackets that you can do. But uh, that's never going to fill up because I doubt this is going to get that many players. Mm. And now this uh, battle pass system is just making it even even more dire. Oh, well, that's a shame. Uh, we'll have to see if your premonition about it is right. Next up on the list, some Destiny news. They have a habit of vaulting content, and it seems like they're vaulting even more content. Uh, someone want to tell us about this one? Yeah, I will. Um, I, I think I've probably played the most Destiny here. Um, you mean so- you've played Destiny here? Uh, probably. I played a little bit of uh, Destiny and Destiny 2. I played the beta of the much. first one in like 2015. Oh, actually, no, oh, it been like 2013, I think. Fucking no, it was a while ago. Destiny 2 is Not definitely a better game. Um, but yeah, so they're, they're now vaulting the expansion for Forsaken, which actually I don't think is that old, to be honest with you. Um, I don't remember exactly when it came out, but it, w- it was pretty recent after the... Um, well, it was pretty... Pretty soon after well, the main game was uh, September 2018. 2018, yeah. So it's not that old. Um, it was a really good game, uh, really good expansion for the game, in my opinion. Um, they're now vaulting that content, which means that uh, you can no longer play it should you wish to. Uh, so yeah, if you wanted to actually get through that game and and dig into the story that did exist at one point, then you have till f- what? How long? February 22nd, I think, before it goes down. Yeah, vaulting yep. more content on February 22nd. So you got. Well, actually, you'll have no days by the time this releases, probably. So I uh, hope you did it. So if you want to sell your Destiny discs, do it quick. I yeah, mean, because uh, once this uh, content gets vaulted, every physical edition of the game is just a blank disc, might as well be, because none of the content on that disc is actually in the game anymore. It's all been vaulted. Like, a, a, a blank disc would be more valuable, though, because at least you can put something that you can use on it. Yeah, exactly. This is just a disc full of nothing. Yeah, well, physical games are going the way of the Dodo, so... You will own nothing and you will be happy with it. I I don't think it's fair to say that someone that bought the game on disc though is um it should have a have a disc that's worthless. What they're all worthless once they stop like supporting them though. Look at like the the Game Boy packs, like the batteries die in them, you lose your save files, they're useless. Like everything's built with an expiry date. You can replace the battery packs in Game Boy games though and just emulate uh, Game Boy games. 
Okay, and when this, this the hardware just... dies, like you, you, they're all worthless. Like they're a form of media. They're entertainment. Um, they they don't have any value apart from what you put on them. And that, wow, that right, Josh too. Well, I, it, it really is because literally, literally everyone I see that has uh, seen this news has absolutely hated it. I, I think it's a good thing because I've played just so many MMOs where, like Final Fantasy, it'll take months for you to catch up to to people, and it's just that that's a grind and people don't want to do that so if you want to actually have your game maintain and be fresh for the most part you need a, an influx of new players to replace the ones leaving and if they're going through years and years of content and potentially never getting to where all of the actual content is at the end of the game then they're not going to enjoy it so um i, I that's, that's if this fine, was a different game like I, I, MMO, I, get, I would i would be annoyed i get where you're coming from on that but that like you're treating that situation like it's black and white, right? Like you're saying, we we only want new players to experience more up-to-date content. Fine, but you don't have to do that at the expense of taking away old content that people have been playing until now, right? Like any well, no game cartridge for thing. an old system that I have, like, I don't know, just looking around, like any any 3DS game that I haven't played since like 2012, I can go boot that shit and it, and it will still play, right? Like, it's not like I leave the cartridge for a couple of years and then go oh man you know what you know what was really fun monster Hunter four i'm just gonna boot monster Hunter four and you boot it and nothing happens like that well, that's shitty so this is why i say i'd hate it if it wasn't an mmo but being an mmo i understand because most of this content especially destiny was made in a way that was the world is filled pretty much only by people and a lot of the raids and the, the semi-dungeon stuff that you do was all based around you doing it with people and no one does that content anymore the only people that you'd still be doing it with are other people that are doing it for the first time so taking it away really you lose very little and you're you're costing the game more keeping the upkeep that they could be spending doing other things like live service games are never going to last forever at the moment things are left in a state of decay where you've got like wow where it's dying because they've now redone that content in a way where you can level anywhere but no one's doing the vast majority of content and it's just filler and it just sits there and no one touches it and it's just degrading i just it seems waste like live service games in general i think the concept of vaulting content is not a bad thing it just i they could do i it don't better. like the idea of vaulting what i prefer is um at because Bungie's whole reason for vaulting content is they want to keep the file size of the game down, which is fair because Destiny 2 is a fuck huge game. But um, instead of vaulting the content, I think what they should do is let people opt in what expansions and what parts of the game they want to have installed. Like if people aren't going to be playing the uh the uh multiplayer start like the PvP part, just let people uninstall that part because it's just taking up uh, hard drive space that they're not using. And yeah, that, that's one part of it, but you, there's still going to be dev upkeep and everything on that stuff. I, for, for the sake of not getting too far off topic, we'll leave it. But like, I don't know. I think they, in my opinion, what I would have really liked to see out of it is them rework that into a single player story of some kind where it's just the storyline and maybe they drop all of the open world planet stuff and you just do instance based missions. And then you have the story and some of the content without the multiplayer stuff, but it's too hard to do in a game like Destiny. I don't. I don't think it's worth their their time for the small amount of people that will play it. But yeah, we we can move on. I don't care. Is anybody planning to play Destiny? 
Yeah, I play Destiny <laughs> well, sometimes. Not well. anymore, Steve. No, but like really. So, <laughs> but like, have you played it like recently though, Josh? Um, I played the newest expansion, uh, but I haven't finished it. I've been meaning to go back to it because it's on Game Pass now. So Game Pass Bros. Again, man, I just cannot stop winning. <laughs> I mean, it's a free game to play anyway. Uh, yeah, all right, yeah. You got me well, there. kind of. <laughs> grumble, grumble. <laughs> um, do you agree with Josh? Do you not agree with Josh? Let us know. <laughs> anyway, next up on the list, uh, we have Sony taking a page out of Mr. Beast's book and going, let's just plant a shit ton of trees. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, this is this is where I come in after this. Uh, um, so Sony's uh, started up this uh, play and plant initiative where they're going to start planting trees for uh, people, basically anyone that gets the uh, the Reach the Daunt trophy in Horizon Forbidden West, which uh, from what every, uh, what's being said on Eurogamer is that it's a really early story uh, trophy to get. Um, the area that they're uh, wanting to plant the trees has an estimate of uh, 288,000 trees that's uh, uh, need to be completed for refor- uh, the reforestation project, and uh, uh, Horizons uh, Horizons a multi million seller, so I can see them getting that number pretty easily. But I just wanted to throw this in because I think it's pretty cool that they're doing this whole initiative in the first place. I think it, I think it's cool. I do think it's cool, but it still has the offloading responsibility to the consumer it which, does it does yeah, yeah which is it's a really still good look. a little greasy it's like um i don't know well <laughs> it's been a while since i've flown everywhere because <laughs> thank you <laughs> omicron but uh the national carrier and new zealand whenever you book a ticket it's like oh you paid i don't know 100 bucks to fly between two major cities or something do you want to pay an extra two bucks and we'll plant a tree to offset your carbon emissions and it's like Okay, you know, like post-COVID era, fine. You guys took a hit in revenue whatever. But pre-COVID era, you guys were doing pretty well. Is it really too much that you just put the prices up by an extra two bucks and then plant the tree yourself? Like why, you know what I mean? It's like you're given this false choice of like, oh, I guess you hate the environment because you're not planting a tree. It's like you make so many millions of dollars. Could you not yeah. just like plant a few trees for free? Like, what the fuck? Where's the option <laughs> yeah, for the they, digital ticket to save yeah. the trees? They could 100% just do this anyway and... Like just take the hit and do those two hundred eighty-eight thousand trees for the project, but uh, yeah, it's just it's it's like it's basically a publicity stunt. Oh, it absolutely is. Like it's 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 a nice touch. Like I'm I'm glad they're doing it rather than not doing it. It's just still kind of one of those kind of greasy gray area moves of some people look at it and they're like, oh, that's that's nice, and then you look at it a bit more and you're like. But, but, but why, why didn't you just do it? Yeah, yeah. No, this probably still costs them a lot less than what it will cost them to do any other marketing for the game. So yeah, true. Yeah, and it's 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 all based on people buying the game anyway and getting the trophies, which means it's all coming out of revenue for the game most likely. Yeah, yeah. It was a budgeted thing for sure. Yeah. Anyway, next up on the list, uh, Fortnite. They they've on, they've only gone and done it this time. They gone did done it and stuck Tom Holland in a second time absolute mad lads <laughs> so when we first saw this article pop up i made a joke of they put him in there again not realizing that they did in fact put tom holland in there when they did spider-man yeah, skins no, yeah no that's him yeah that's him so he's in there twice he's doubled up Ooh. yeah so now they're doing a uncharted uh, crossover with fortnite and so the uncharted can play movie as... it's not yeah yeah it's... but you can also play as the original uncharted people oh can you yeah, oh yeah. shit Man, I just... You can play as the original Nathan Drake and Chloe Frazier, but to also tie it into the movie, they've also got uh, the actor's portrayal of the characters in the in Fortnite. 
as skins. That's right. You can be Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> um, I don't know that there's too much more that we need to say about that. <laughs> it's, it's a nice meme. Move on. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, funny, haha, Tom Holland is in the game twice. Why? I can't wait for us to get in the, into Fortnite. Everybody else is in there. I would prefer not to. Everyone, everyone, everyone is here. It, and I was like, oh god, no. Um, Where are we jumping, anyway. boys? Next, <laughs> nowhere. Next up on the list, we have Paramount announcing that Sonic 3 is now in development, even though Sonic 2 still isn't even out yet. That's coming out in April, I think. And they've also announced a Knuckles, what, spin-off? Yeah, a, um, a series that's going to be coming to Paramount Plus, which, pretty fun. A live-action uh, series I'm... that's coming to Paramount Plus, we have to say. Like, it's... It's yeah. It's not well, like these a, are these are live action projects yeah, in general. Yeah, anyway. it's strange to be like, oh look, there's a spin off for Knuckles, and it's going to be live action as well. Like it's, and they're also keeping Idris Elba on board for it, which is a great yeah, move. fantastic decision. Yeah, but I I like I like all the jokes that were coming out that were saying Paramount Plus just announced Sonic Free and Knuckles. Yeah, I like the jokes of and Knuckles. Um, <laughs> they also announced just underneath this when you open the tweet that a, a new Quiet Place movie is coming out. So that's cool. Look forward to that too. Yeah, they, they this was like a full Paramount Plus thing that happened, and they announced a shitload of things here. Yeah. But uh, I wanted to keep it kind of within our hours specific interests, and that was the thing that came up. Oh boy, there's a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. From Seth Rogen. Three, three more SpongeBob movies. Yeah, boy. Oh, also to keep uh <laughs> to keep it within our our sphere of things that we care about, the Halo series is coming March twenty four on Paramount Plus. Do we even have Paramount Plus in Australia or New Zealand? I don't think so. <laughs> uh, Which means we're just going to not really it. in our interest. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, think we I'm do, not but not sure. sure. I don't know. I'd never looked. I pay for enough things that are subscription based. Hmm. Uh, do we think that there will be human teeth on Sonic again? Or so. do we think God, they've no, learned their lesson? They, they learned their lesson the first time. I was going to make the same joke. Like, do you reckon they'll do the old Sonic model just for a meme? Like, <laughs> I reckon it'll be that, that, that'll be the That'll be the, the, the Zack Snyder director's cut. And Give us the original Sonic. Jeez, don't all speak at once and then stop speaking at once. Man, <laughs> crazy. Anyway, next up on the list, uh, we have a... Bit of an addendum to what we said last week. One of the topics that we brought up was a... It was a translated article, right? And there's now yes, been a more... a translated interview. Yeah, and there's now a more accurate translation. So, uh, Seth, you want to you run us through uh, what the initial article was and, and what the, the addendum is? Yeah, so last week we said that Platinum Games was kind of shifting priority to live service games, uh, but wanted to keep an interest in doing what they usually do when our... The slight addendum to this that does make it sound better is that they're still going to continue doing what they always do, but they want to do some live live service games as well to because they think that's uh that's going to be the future of the industry within the next five years. But I uh, still expect their usual content that they do. So slight difference in tone, but it makes all the difference. Mm, additional yeah. instead of replacing is always good. Yeah, I I think that's probably a, a more sensical. I remember we were all sort of a little bit confused at the idea of a fairly large uh, directional swing off the back of what we talked about last week. Anyway, glad to know that that has been fixed up. Although, there is other Platinum Games news. Yeah, so uh, a little later, um, there's a lot of Platinum Games news, actually. Um, a little later, uh, the uh, CEO of Platinum Games just came out and said that they would uh, they would like to be acquired by a bigger company as long as their freedom is respected. Uh, 
specifically pointing out the Microsoft and Activision Blizzard merger where uh, they they believe that Activision Blizzard is getting a lot of their freedoms and can still do what they want, uh, but um, Microsoft is just pumping money into them. And they, they would like a similar sort of thing where someone just pumps money into them, but they get to do their own thing. So I, would, I, would also, I would also like that, um, putting my hand up that Microsoft, if you want to buy me out, I'll, I'll do it. They've already <laughs> bought me enough, out. Uh, I thought you bought into them. Technically. Both ways. <laughs> technically. It depends how you define the concept of being owned and being so far into the Xbox fanboy system that you the only thing you'd see these days how oh i meant more because you uh, you bought stocks oh no i meant more how they control every waking moment of my life <laughs> <laughs> yeah good, good distinction Google. there steve one of those would have been horrible and the other one would have been buying stocks <laughs> <laughs> not at the moment don't look at, don't look at your portfolio yet fellas it's some of the downturn when's the xbox um, fridge coming back out <laughs> It um it's not it didn't release in Australia and yeah. I was thinking about this yesterday right I looked at how much it would be to import it and it's too much aren't, aren't they aren't they waiting until Temtem's a launch title for it Yeah my uncle that works at uh, Temtem said that um, my and then that's, that's Activision that works on Microsoft <laughs> and he's also working with Final Fantasy fourteen director and that's coming to the Xbox as well and when they release it on Xbox they're going to discontinue it everywhere else are they are, oh wait 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 <laughs> oh, hang on is that is that the same are they are they the same group that's doing that cool new bone conducting peripheral, or is that someone else? No, that's someone else. No, that's oh, that's okay. that Yoko Taro. That's my um, uncle that works for. That's my other uncle. <laughs> that's my uncle that works for Big Skeleton. Big Skeleton. <laughs> we don't talk about that uncle. Yeah, he's a bit bony. Uh, any other platinum used to cover? Yeah. Um. So even though platinum is very much liking money and wants all the money they can get, they do not want NFT money. Uh. They just uh eurogamer put out another article for them where they said that uh they don't think that nfts have any positive impacts on creators or the users in any sense true but they also put in a little addendum that uh they said that if it smells like money konami is going to be in there in a heartbeat which <laughs> also true <laughs> big big call out but i appreciate it <laughs> do you imagine just like walking up to a game studio and being like i'll give you a picture of an ape give me 50 percent of your company so you know how tokens are usually fungible, right? These tokens are non-fungible. I think that's the second time you said that in this podcast. <laughs> I don't think we were recording when I said it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so there are these things I don't called know, and at this point, I'm too scared to check. <laughs> I'll have to check, and that'll that'll destroy me if it's in there. Did Did Steve already say this? Let us know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the last bit of platinum news that I wanted to touch on is that uh babylon's fall the game that uh everyone is dogpiling on and saying that's shit uh they they've heard that people don't like the game so they're doing a free demo on the playstation consoles around the same time that uh elden ring comes out oh that'll go swimmingly <laughs> yeah uh it's going to be coming to pc uh as well uh they're going to do a steam demo but that's going to be around the end of march is babylon's... and they're saying sorry fin fin oh. you, you finish yeah, uh, the demo is going to just be about the beginnings of the game, so maybe the first few hours. Was it Babylon's Fall, the the like last bastion of humanity in the settlement that we saw a tech demo for a couple weeks ago or months ago? I'm not sure. Or am I thinking of something else? The the one that we talked about, how it was weird that the protagonist just like drops f bombs, um, and it was a lot of running. <laughs> oh, that was um, that was Forspoken, the oh, Square Enix game. Yes, okay. No, it sounded like I, like <laughs> just remembering what that game was. It sounded like it could be called Babylon's Fall. I wasn't sure. <laughs> yeah, it could have been like just just the way that game looks. I could get that vibe from that yeah. game. Anyway, uh, anything more on Platinum Games? 
Uh, no, that's it. Platinum Games had a busy week of uh, wanting money, but not too much money. <laughs> wanting to be showered in non-NFT money. I think we've all been there. Uh, next up in the docket, we have Nintendo finally announcing the what we all sort of suspected. The, the, the beginning stages of sunsetting the Wii U and 3DS, uh, starting with the eShops. But Pokebank is going free. A little bit of good news mixed in there. Uh, who wants to talk about this? Um, I guess I will. Um, why not? Uh, so obviously, uh, it, like I was saying, everything lives to die. Um, things get sunsetted. Um, <laughs> very nihilistic. Um, no, no. So the Wii U and 3DS shop, uh, they've been slowly becoming less and less, um, I guess, functional over the years. I think at the moment you can only pay with a Nintendo voucher or a credit card, and they're taking the ability it's, it's away. It's only the Nintendo voucher. I went to go put money on Pokemon Bank the other day, and thank God I didn't. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, it's uh, you can only add funds through uh, uh voucher codes. Interesting, because uh, as of that, that must as have been of a recent May, change. yeah, no, no. So it says even in this article, as of May 2022, you can't use credit cards anymore. And I used a credit card late last year. Yeah, same. So, That's what I was going to say, is that uh, you can't use credit cards on the eShop uh, on the console, but you can use Yeah, you can cards. charge it on the PC and then yeah, buy it exactly. on the console. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's where I went wrong because I was doing it on the 3DS itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah you can't do like that an anymore. idiot. We've all been yeah. there. It's fine. How dare you assume that you could buy something on the one system that you're trying to buy it on? <laughs> um, yeah. So as of May 23rd, uh, they're taking away the ability for the credit cards, and you can use the vouchers up until August 29. Um, if you already have a voucher for um, for the like for the funds for the game. Uh, you can use those or the downloadable codes up until the end of March 2023. So um, the the free-to-play stuff that you can download or what they call free-to-play stuff to download, like the Netflix, PokeBank, all that kind of stuff, uh, if you don't download those, I think it's March as well. uh, Yeah, as soon as March, uh, uh, as soon as the late March thing hits, you cannot make any more purchases, even if it's a free thing. It's yeah. just you're stuck with what uh, you've already purchased. Yeah, Damn. exactly. Uh, after 2023, yeah, uh, March 2023. So that's that. That's all going away. Um, on the bright side of that, PokeBank will be free if you have it on your console downloaded before then, um, up until the point where PokeBank is decommissioned, which I imagine honestly will be very, very shortly after. Mm. Um, so maybe that's an, part of maybe push. another year or so. Yeah, because that's part months. of their push to move everything into home, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which they still haven't got Brilliant Diamond and Shiny Pearl in there, so you know they're not doing very good. Um, but but yeah, so that's all going away. Um, sad day. I, I loved the 3DS and uh, even my Wii U. I used quite a bit. Um, there was also as part of this a Twitter link that you could follow that would give you very inaccurate, at least I think it's very inaccurate data of what you played on your 3DS and what you played on your Wii U. Um, and yeah, we we all got a. a various bits of uh, information out of that do, do we all think it was accurate or <laughs> i think mine I, might have been <laughs> really <laughs> i kept see i kept seeing people say that theirs were inaccurate so i didn't bother uh, uh i i know that mine's true for for two out of three so i imagine i imagine it's probably true for three out of three yeah i think mine is true to an extent i get the feeling that when i first got my 3ds i didn't have it linked up to anything so i might be missing some of that early stuff um, I but, suppose that could have been a part of it as well. I think I changed my email address in my Nintendo account about halfway through to my new one, so that could have affected it too. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, um, my top I, three I games thought... are all Pokemon games. So I'm not really surprised, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Which ones? Uh, X. Sorry, Y, um, Omega Ruby, and Ultra Sun. Anyone else well, want to share? Um, I had Omega Ruby, uh, New, uh, New Leaf, Animal Crossing, and what was the other one? Oh, um, Pokemon X, I think, as well. Seth? I didn't do it. Boo. Everyone, boo, <laughs> Seth, boo. What, what were yours, <laughs> Patrick? Uh, they, they were shocking. Anyway, let's give us let's the hours with the, with the title. <laughs> it's not even Pcross. It's not even, it's not even the good one. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, P- Pcross was good, but uh, it turns out when you play a casual game over the course of many years, turns out the hours just stack up. So according to memories, which I think is accurate, uh, I've played 782 hours of Pokemon Shuffle. I, Fucking hell. I, I, I don't know how. I uh, did. I, I, I did jump into that game when i was on 3ds and when it came out to phones i jumped into it and i jumped out then i got back into it started 2020 it's a pretty mm. fun game it is very fun but like, it is towards the end of it it's like okay it obviously wants me to pay money i'm not paying money yeah anymore. yeah i would rather have just paid like stopping. five or six bucks like what pcross was and just have the game yeah yeah and then second and third uh monster under for you which is definitely accurate with a playtime of 600 odd hours and then alpha sapphire with a playtime of uh 600 odd hours <laughs> are they um, so, are they all physical carts for you guys except for shuffle yeah because all of mine the the download games that i have aren't in the list at all of the, the games that i played including oh, like interesting. The interesting of hours of um like pokemon that i used did to get my um my decks up the only game that actually showed up in there that i i have uh, a digital copy of was uh the free games it wasn't anything that i actually purchased even like fate and stuff didn't show up in there not not fate um fire emblem didn't show up in there and i was like okay sure um hmm. so if if people are thinking it's wrong you know write in to tell us what you think because I, I i think it didn't count my digital games i played 782 hours of shuffle do i need help let me know <laughs> well that's, <laughs> that's that's a digital game so must yeah, well, that i had i had the free ones as well like on the wii u it told me because i buy like everything digital it told me my most played thing was netflix which i'd never used <laughs> and it said like 40 hours and then the, the physical game i had that i got with the wii were uh mario kart um eight which is still current game um and um <laughs> smash brothers which were the only two physical games i had for the wii u so i don't know how to tell you this i think a flatmate's been stealing netflix via your wii u ah, it could have been my family or something but yeah maybe <laughs> anyway uh and finally on the docket for this week um <laughs> we might have been sad about about nintendo but boy can we be happy about walt disney moving into housing <laughs> Because they don't. Walt Disney's getting the last laugh in his grave. (laughs) Epcot is finally happening. I thought this was a shit post. I really did. Yeah, I I wanted it to be a shit post. It would have been such a good shit post too. So we've got got to live with Disneyland. Yeah, we've got a link to a YouTube article here, right? But I I want to point out an article that I saw from The Verge, and they wrote the the title. First of of all, first of all, explain what it is, Josh. Explain what. I, I want to do the title first because okay. the title do the title is, but we should funny. probably so, tell people what this is we will so the the article from the verge is titled disney is developing planned communities for fans who never want to leave its clutches then un- underneath is a subheading live breathe in brackets and die question mark disney <laughs> <laughs> excellent headline <laughs> all right and that pretty much sums up what it is <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah i do not know how to feel about this i'm Oh, there are so many bad things that that come to mind with this sort of idea. So Disneyland, there was has... there was a reason this didn't take off when Walt was trying back in the like sixties, seventies. I love how you yeah. just called him Walt like he was an old friend. <laughs> <laughs> 
My uncle Walt. Well, I can't call him Disney. <laughs> Mr. Call Disney. him anti-Semitic. <laughs> Just don't call him late for dinner. Oh, there it is. Um, but no, Disney has decided that in the midst of what is probably one of the most expensive periods ever in history to live, that you can somehow pay even more and live in your own little slice of Disneyland, which... Oh, that just that just reads like a Black Mirror title, don't it? Yeah, they're, they're making horrifying. communities. They even have uh, segregated communities planned for 55 and over people. So um, <laughs> th- they don't have to deal with all the kids on their lawns. Like Disney. Right. <laughs> 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 jump full circle, boys. Ah, <laughs> oh, you're finally awake. It's 1952. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, there Which, was... What color do you want your picket fence? White or white? Sorry, neighbors. Neighbor. I meant neighbors. White or white? <laughs> so the funny thing is when, like, okay, so to me this was funny, but when they were talking about the old people having their own segregated community, on screen they were showing a black couple walking through the, uh, through the streets. That goes against everything Walt Disney stood for. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm just making the connection of they showed black people and were saying, we're going to segregate these people. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, that's that, that's that's me reading too deeply into visual yeah, metaphors. They're, pro- they're probably like, oh, look, like there will be people that aren't cookie cutter white going to this just, place, but it just it didn't match up with what they were going for. It. No, we're, you, you, you know we're how, segregating these people. <laughs> you, you know how every so often an idea comes along that's so unfathomably like distasteful that you wonder, man, it's crazy that that got approval. Like th- this, <laughs> this is that. Yeah, <laughs> this. I, I don't understand what's going through their heads other than money, but money. It it almost the- sounds like it's almost sounds like there was some Imagineer at Disney that that saw that, that like, shit post for for Crypto Land and was like, let's do that. <laughs> let's do that, but See- without the pedophiles. Oh wait, no, we're Disney. <laughs> the the thing is, they they Disney and Apple are kind of in the same uh, bracket of they're not a corporation anymore they're basically a religion uh people people live disney now and uh, people like make plans to go to disneyland or disney world or wherever like they make it like a yearly tradition this is just like taking advantage of those people even more it just sounds like those samsung factories where they put nets on the windows for the people throwing themselves out of it like it sounds horrible i don't understand it like i get people really like disney but imagine living and breathing disney every day imagine getting in your car and like fucking mini mouse is sitting beside you and you turn on the radio and it's nothing but disney's top 10 tongs like i i couldn't imagine it i, I mean as long as mind. it's as long as my day starts with make a man out of you i think it'll be okay. what if it did that every single morning and that was your alarm tone you couldn't change it and you yo, walk yo, outside there's See, a guy I, that's I, from Flubber. I think we figured out what the hiss is. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that so much. Um, also, it's in Coachella Valley. So, like, yeah, Coachella, Queen. Yeah, Slay. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the, the oh. only positive I can think of this is that this basically becomes a quarantine zone for Disney adults. <laughs> I hope that there's no, they're not allowed communication with the outside world because the world would get a better place. Yeah, just just keep all the Disney adults here it's... and let, let everyone else live. Yeah. I also want to point out that they that disney is offering quote clear turquoise waters powered by the crystal lagoons technology what this, i don't know what that means there's so many buzzwords <laughs> in that sentence <laughs> um it's apparently it's powered, already it's powered um, by the adrenal glands of orphans <laughs> um and amenities will include shopping dining and entertainment um the beachfront hotel and clubhouse will host disney programming entertainment and disney activities throughout the year 
Uh, members you of the public will be able to visit- you 40-year-old rocking into Mickey Mouse's clubhouse? That's- God, that's, that is the saddest sight I could think of. <laughs> no, But so... he's got the mouse ears and he's super excited. No, the real I, saddest I wanted, thing- I wanted to be a 48-year-old single dad taking his kid there and he's just <laughs> depressed the entire time. <laughs> just an imaginary kid. The real um, saddest thing that probably exists in this, there will be um, a segregation for Weebos in the Kingdom Hearts neighborhood. <laughs> Seth's in, all of a sudden he's Yeah, so he's gone. He's like, a, he's disconnected it. He's on a flight. What? So as, <laughs> as, long as, as long as my key to get into my house is a key blade. That'd be kind of cool, actually. <laughs> um, so I, right, I, dropped my, I dropped my two foot key. <laughs> at least when i drop it on the beach i'll know where it is <laughs> <laughs> what if the, everyone else has the same key though because it's all the same pattern or you can open anyone's house because it's yeah, yeah, yeah it's also house. really easy to pick because it's a two-foot fucking door <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um no i think the saddest part about this whole thing is that um so they they wrote in this article as well so i don't know if this was in the video because i refused to watch that horror show um members of the public are allowed to allowed to visit the suburb if they buy day passes which means if you live there you're also the attraction <laughs> that's horrifying yeah, see, this, this is <laughs> Holy this shit. is this is going back to what Walt's plan for epcot was because he was going to have it like as people are coming to disneyland they'll ride past uh the uh epcot sent uh, epcot uh, village and you'll just see people going about their day-to-day or going to and from work because uh, at one point Epcot's plan was that it'll be a a residential area for the people at work at Disneyland. So you just 24-7 are an attraction for other people. Sounds horrible. Imagine opening a gigantic door to get to your house that's twice the size of you and then having to crawl through the next door. (laughs) (laughs) Christ. And there's people watching and recording you asking at the same time on a bus riding past you going, oh, isn't that great? And you live it and you hate it every day. <laughs> I would I would lose my mind. But anyway, yeah, uh, late stages of capitalism. How good. How fucked would it be, though, if Disney was the one that made affordable housing? <laughs> yes. Let's leave that comment there and just skip it. Like, let's, let's just leave it there. I, I also want to point out one last thing in this article, actually. Um, they pointed out that uh, Disneyland in Florida suffers from all types of uh, all types of mundane and non-magical problems like leak and mold. And then in brackets, Disney itself is not responsible for the maintenance because they're talking about like the Epcot stuff, which is uh yeah that's yeah I don't I don't know how they're gonna do that. That's it just sounds horrible. And on that very very somber note, <laughs> I'm sad now. That- you finally won Walt Disney. You finally won. Okay, actually, no, no, I I can't help myself. I got one more. I got one more. Do you think? Once they, once they, because they want to do more of these, right? They're starting with the first one in Coachella Valley, but they're eventually going to do more. Do you think that once they have a few of these up and running, they'll have to move the frozen head of Walt Disney around to ward off the evil curses at each place? <laughs> yes. Okay, that's right. That's Walt yes. Disney that's is the evil curse. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, to, to propagate the evil curses at each place? Uh, all right, now He's I'm removing now I'm the other curses, so he's the only one. <laughs> he's just playing a giant game of control point. Um, anyway... Uh, that does bring us to the end of the news section for this week. God damn it. Um, uh, yeah, so <laughs> I'm so lost. What a horrible man. We're, we're, on, we're on the audience yeah, question I, now. Yeah, I know, Pat. I know. I'm, I'm trying to snap back to reality. I'm doing my best. Anyway. Oh, there goes um, gravity. <laughs> anyway, uh, that does bring us to the end of the news section for this week. And so now we have an audience question. Uh, Tom writes in. He asks a very simple question. He has a simple man Would looking you lose for it? a simple answer. No. Is cereal, <laughs> is cereal a soup? No. Yes. 
it's sort of. It is. It is a suit. It's absolutely. <laughs> it is my, not. Wow, you have the full spectrum there. Okay, Seth, your argument that it is not a soup. Uh, I believe it is not a soup because it is using milk as a base, and also because it is a breakfast meal, not. Uh, and soups are a lunch to dinner meal. It's a breakfast That's just meal. You imposing in our culture. your own personal restrictions yeah. on food. You... My restrictions are sane. <laughs> I will not hear the rest. Also, uh, cereal is very sugary. The only I, reason I don't I don't believe that soups should be uh, as sugary as a cereal is. Do you know how much sugar there is in so many soups? Yeah, like canned soup. In, but make, in make it yourself, and it's not as bad. No, the only the only reason that I will accept that cereal is not a soup is because most soups have to be cooked in some way or another. Um, All right, like counter, counter argument to that. Counter argument to that. It's a cold winter's day. You fill the bowl up with milk. You put that in the microwave. You heat up the milk. Then you put the cereal in. Has it been cooked? Is it a soup? That, that's fucking horrific. That's soup <laughs> right there. That's soup. <laughs> Microwaving is not cooking. I will not have this. Well, well you've just gone against. I, apparently, I've never cooked in my life. <laughs> no, no. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it's definitely. You're gonna have to remove that Master Chef title. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, I no. I think it's a soup. Like putting a liquid in a bowl and then adding things, food items to said liquid, and then eating it. Ex- excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> you put the milk in first. Yeah, thank, thanks. For well, up, actually, Seth. I don't what? thinking about it. I don't actually put the milk in first. That would be psychotic. <laughs> I put okay, oh, yeah, I put no, the food yeah, items yeah, no, in, I, and then I, I add. See, the, you're yeah, even, you're putting, even doing the soup process backwards. That's just, I mean, yeah. So no, you put, you put the milk in the first. That would be psychotic. Backwards. But calling cereal soup? No, that that that's fine. What the hell? What's wrong with you? <laughs> I got so into that by accident that I accidentally ripped out my headphones and I missed several seconds of what you said. <laughs> Sorry, what did you say? It was, it was literally just autistic screeching. You didn't miss much. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I said you even got the soup process backwards, which means it invalidates your whole argument. No, see, you can make soup. Because if you chop up everything, right, and you put it in the pot and then you add the broth and stuff like that to make the soup and the vegetable stock, whatever. So you can do it that way. Okay, so... All right. All right. Th- thank you for that. Steve... You're um, in the middle. Why so are you in the, pick a side. Okay, no, I'm always going to be sitting on the fence. So it's sort of like Schrodinger's soup. So while there is stuff... Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> while there is stuff... Soup is actually an RPG. Wait, 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 wait. Steve, Steve, before, before, before you describe, please tell me you have a blackboard and some chalk behind you and you're just drawing out like some sort of diagram. No, I've got Is like a the cork YouTube board. guy that does all the whiteboard stuff and keeps pointing to it? The professor someone? I don't know you talk no, about. I've just got a cork no board. No one's getting oh, it. Oh, Professor Lando? Professor yeah. Lando. He's just Professor yeah. Landoing it. I've no idea who that is. I, I, need, to, I need to finish watching his video about uh, MILFs. <laughs> so <laughs> so anyway, really um, <laughs> before we go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. So it, a cereal is a soup only when it's got stuff floating in it. Like, for example, if you've got Nesquik cereal, while the Nesquik cereal is in it, that is a soup. But then when you eat all the Nesquik cereal and you've just got the soup, the the, the milk the left, left. Yeah, the soup left. The, <laughs> the liquid left, it becomes a broth, which you can then pour in a glass. And once it's in a glass, it's a chalky milk. But in a bowl, it is still a broth. Okay, so what about... Right, I hate, think this I is hate, the most psychotic explanation we've heard. <laughs> I hate every part of that description. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, I think... I'm glad we all agree. <laughs> What it's about true, but they hate him because he spoke the truth. It is milk itself how, a soup. I love how Steve's just like, I'm in the middle, and he pisses off both sides. Yeah. 
Wait, we didn't get Dave your centrist. side. Patrick. We didn't get your side. Where, where do you sit on this? So, are you in the middle or are you soup? No, no, it's it's absolutely not a soup. But so I'm I'm on <laughs> Seth's side for this, but I disagree with Seth's reasoning. <laughs> so I'm I'm understandable. Have a nice day. <laughs> I'm I'm the self-hating non-soup guy because I I think you can in fact find um soups that have a primary milk base um and i don't remember what your, what your other condition was but i don't think that rules it out being a soup my argument is that um words words are just like common like what words are just groups of sounds that we've agreed have a meaning right because things <laughs> things change over time where's you so, going with this <laughs> so so no no so the point is if i if i was to go to anyone that understood what the word soup was i think what what i'm asking for when i say i would like a soup or i would like soup and what they give me i would be shocked if what they gave me was a bowl of cereal (laughs) (laughs) because i I think there's i think there's a common ground understanding that regardless of whatever like technical definition of soup you want if, if if i say think about soup everyone thinks about like i don't know tomato soup pumpkin soup some sort of savory hearty winter defeating soup right people generally don't think of a bowl of cereal first even if it technically could be so because it's not the immediate association for me and most non-psychotic people i'm saying it's not a soup what if it was a savory cereal (laughs) that soaked up the milk what if it was wheat bix what if you dunked your bread in it after you were done wheat bix if we're going to get into this, and Wheat Bix is a porridge, if you're going to go that cereal is I w- a soup. I would agree that Wheat Bix is a porridge. Never is eaten lasagna Wheat Bix. <laughs> yeah, Wheat Bix is absolutely a porridge. That's, is that's uh, is lasagna a cake? It now is. we're just getting off topic. It is. It, lasagna is a cake. I mean, not really, because we did have an alternate question to this. We did. So this, this is all just part of the same topic. But before we move on from the cereal one, I, I just wanted to point out that I was thinking that one of the arguments I was going to make was uh, that uh, uh, soup has to be hot, but then I remember that cold tomato soup yeah, exists, gazpacho. so that so so that that uh, argument became null and void in my own head. That's, that's gaspacho, yeah, I'm gazpacho, pretty sure. Yeah, I yeah. made enough gaspacho yeah, for yeah. all, and everyone starts laughing at Lisa. <laughs> um, um, yeah, the ultimate so, question was: Is taco a sandwich? No. Yes. But but before we before before we get to that though, um, FTL verdict: We have two people that it's not a soup one person that is a soup, and Steve being what might be the most psychotic answer to that question I've ever heard in my life. It's a different state. It depends. All right. After <laughs> after we finish this recording, I'm going to need to just explain to you in form. detail why the argument putting broth in a cup and then <laughs> drinking it, milk. and it becomes yeah, chalky milk is it's, very problematic. It's the state. <laughs> this is why we're getting cancelled on Twitter. <laughs> chalky milk. Chalky milk. God damn it. Okay, anyway, second question. Yes, FTL verdict. Is it is a taco a sandwich? No. Actually, I, I'm in two sides of this. It, it depends. Is it a hard taco or a soft taco? Both of them are not a sandwich. Soft taco? Yeah, it's both of them are not a sandwich. I don't think it matters to me. I don't, I don't think no. it matters to the argument. A sandwich needs to be between two pieces of bread. Yes. So if you're having like a quesadilla, is that a sandwich? Is that more no. appropriate? Okay. But it's two pieces of tortilla. But... <laughs> Which, is, is that two pieces of bread, Steve? No. <laughs> okay. So... You don't consider, like, tortillas to be a form of bread? No, tortillas are a corn... 
Tortillas. Tortillas or tortillas? Tortilla. No. Rather. Tortillas are a form of a bread, but... I don't know why I said tortilla. I know it's tortilla. Anyway, so tortillas, I would consider them to be a bread. If I They are, but they're more for a wrap than they are for a sandwiching process. But they're used for soft target. No, no, no. Josh, Josh, that's fine. Let me let me just hit you with something real quick. This is the best invention since sliced tortillas. Okay. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it does. Because what if you just had a whole tortilla? <laughs> a loaf of tortilla. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Josh, Josh, <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to tell you that your argument is uh, going closer towards the, um, at the, is a taco a hot dog rather than well, a sandwich? A taco is a hot dog. Josh, Josh, you're you're one step away from from Brother's chalky milk boy over but, there, right? <laughs> step back from the ledge. Also, a sandwich. I I I didn't understand this question because it's like no, a taco is one hundred percent different from a sandwich. I would have uh, accepted this question if we were going to argue is a burger a sandwich? A burger is a sandwich too, and so so is a, so is a hot dog. I I don't believe they are because they're buns. They're not bread. But <laughs> what are buns made out? <laughs> they're made out of bread. Tortillas. <laughs> My anaconda don't. Buns buns are a different type of bread than what a bread for a sandwich is. I am in disbelief. It's, every it's, day it's I literally every the day same we bread. Every straight further from God. It's literally the same bread. It's just in a different shape. I don't understand. It's not yeah, like it's made out of a chunk milk. A hot dog is on a single piece of bun, not two sandwich between two buns. What? Do you do you, do you take a bun right, and when you make a burger, and I go, oh, that's good. I'm not gonna cut that in half. I'm just gonna stick a meat patty between two buns. I said a hot. <laughs> dog not a burger <laughs> but that's the same thing it's a bun <laughs> you know no but a hot dog a hot dog is a, a is a piece of meat in like a bun that's not been uh cut in two it's a one whole bun that is just sitting inside of which is where i go this is closer to a is a taco or a hot dog argument surf for the sake of, of my sanity mind. if you're if you're making hamburgers from scratch if you roll it into a into a cylinder instead of slam it flat as a patty does, does, <laughs> no, that, does, do, does that mean does I, that mean what you made a hot dog or a burger that that sounds awful i would rather awful. have <laughs> i would rather have a ball of meat in spaghetti okay <laughs> good save good save we're on the same page All so right. what if you put we're a good. bunch of bread in your spaghetti like you cut up the bread um to make then a bread based it's broth. Not a sandwich because no but what if like the outside <laughs> is like a, so if there's like an outside crust and that you sort of sandwich it like it's in a pocket or something Steve, are, are you trying Steve. to say that you're making this bread into a pizza pocket i don't know where i was going yeah like if you get two Steve, pizzas, Steve, a couple, if you get two a couple pizzas, hundred years ago a couple hundred years ago you had ancestors that fought and died for the ability for you now in 2022 yeah and they were idiots for doing so fucking bread broth all right let's just let's i reckon just they would have done it that would have been from a bit shall we if i tried to do... i didn't ask for my ancestors to fight for me that's the, that was their own decision they would have fought for you, Seth, they would have right? fought for isn't that how world war one started some guy was like oh no chalky milk in a bowl is fucked <laughs> and the other guys no it's chalky milk when it's in a cup and that was it yeah franz ferdinand said Ch- that <laughs> Chalky milk in a bowl is is what happens when we have cocoa pops, which is fantastic. Yeah, which is the leftover, just like a chocolate milkshake, only crunchy. Because it's the leftover but, broth, and if you pour that into a glass, Pat, I'm going to censor that because we're not being sponsored by them. Only crunchy. Um, so it's <laughs> um, also I have, getting I have, <laughs> I, <laughs> I have a question for you, Seth. Right, if you go down to Bunnings, like very Australian, so bear with me, non Australians. If you go down to Bunnings and you get a, p- a sausage in, in one slice of bread folded over. I know what are you going to say? That, is that oh. not a sausage sandwich? Get fucked. It's a no, sausage it's sandwich. Not. Yes, it is. <laughs> no, that's different. It's that's half a, a hamburger. That, that's a it's, sanger. It's, it's not a hot It's sanger meat sandwich. No, it doesn't, but. Yes, it does. Not in that context. No, it, it, it does. It's not <laughs> a hot dog. It's just, I think. 
I think some Bunnings also do two pieces of bread, so you do get a sandwich option. The fuck is like, sausage? That'd be the worst sandwich. It'd be like, <laughs> it'd be like you have three bites and just, it's only bread, and the rest yeah. of it is, it's like, oh, it's <laughs> sausage. Let me, just, let, me, let me just put some onions on this bad boy. Oh, it's all fallen through. Yeah. Just so no, obviously, that's, they cut the sausage that's the in half. On you right? now. They cut the sausage in half, like like lengthways, and then yeah, cut yeah, it down like the other cheese. way, and then yeah, like. <laughs> It's a sandwich, shit. god damn it. Alright, this conversation is actually anymore. getting toxic. Alright. Um, so if you put two pizzas on top of each other, <laughs> that... Shut the fuck up, Steve. You're using the broth from your cereal, right? And you're putting that on a pizza. Uh, <laughs> and then you put like a two pieces that of bread on top awful. of it. Please stop. Alright, so <laughs> say you're working at Macca's and you're, you're cleaning no, the grill no, 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 and all the oil's coming off the grill. Do you put that in a cup? Is that chucky milk? We've, we've spent 13 minutes debating this and I think I've gotten dumber as a result. So, we've heard all the arguments. We've already gone through is cereal a soup? Is... God damn it. Is a we, taco but... a sandwich? Yes or no? Seth? No. Good. Steve? No. Josh? Yes. <laughs> Josh take. <laughs> it, it really is. Yeah, and, and I'm also a no. There we, go. There we have it. FTL has, decided, FTL has decided that no, a taco... It's not a sandwich. We might By be majority down. Rules. <laughs> we might be down a member or two for next week's episode. But thank you for that met- for that question, Tom. Please stop writing. It. <laughs> <laughs> um, if if anyone else would like to write in with a question that doesn't make us want to punch each other, um, they can do so. There we have a mailbag. It is fasttravellounge at gmail.com. We are also on Twitter at fasttravellounge minus one of the L's. Uh, and on Facebook at Fast Travel Lounge as well. Uh, that does bring us to the end of episode 12. Uh, if you have been enjoying what you're hearing so far, feel free to share it around. We're um, you know, noticing that our viewership is actually ticking up a bit, which is really cool to see from, from our perspective. So yeah, feel free to give it a share if you think uh, someone has the wrong opinion on if cereal is a soup or if they are interested and any of the things that we've been talking about here today. Otherwise, I have been Patrick. This has been the Fast Travel Lounge. You've listened to Seth, Steve, and Josh. And from all of us, goodbye. I can't wait to tuck myself into bed and make a Josh sandwich. <laughs> 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 no, that's it. I'm done. I don't have any comments. <laughs>